Hello everyone and welcome back to the Long Play Club for Metal Gear Solid 2. This is part 2 slash 3. We had an unfortunate <coughs> error, we will get to that in a moment. But joining me, Christian Buckley, codename Puma, this week is Jack Martin, codename Iguana. How are you doing, sir? I am doing good. Ready to talk more Metal Gear Solid 2. We're getting in, in, into the meaty part, I would mm -hmm. say. And mm -hmm. uh, excited for what's next. So, of course. good to be here. Mm -hmm. Oh, and happy birthday, by the way. We're Thank recording you on your birthday. Happy birthday, Jack. What's good? I didn't know it was <laughs> your birthday. Happy birthday, Thank you very much. Oh, Kevin snap. Diaz and I separated by a week. Yeah. Listen, just a couple of Pisces bros, you know what I'm saying? A couple, <laughs> yeah, of, exactly. a couple of Pisces, you know what I'm saying? You, me, and Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, of course, well, also the joining only us, Pisces. Kevin Diaz, codenamed Komodo Dragon. What did it do? Raiden! That was good. <laughs> well, that was surprising. Well, listen, I was I was practicing on stream because I, I I heard that a lot. Ooh. We'll 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 <laughs> get to that. It wasn't too bad, but like we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, very excited, very excited. We had the in, in investigations all laid out. Mm -hmm. Going to be some updates here. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. Can't well, wait. If Jack and Kevin are Pisces Bros, then Omar Naki and Kevin are Komodo Dragon Bros, because you guys are sharing the same codename. Omar, what's up? True. Hey, uh, I actually got a new codename this week. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Uh, I was uh, recruited by this podcast panel to uh, finish Metal Gear Solid 2 mm -hmm. over the past week. Uh, so, yeah, I'm back here. Metal Gear Solid 2. Uh, annoyed. Uh, mm -hmm. What's up? Thank you for having me again. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. well. Before we dive into the show this week, two updates. Uh, one, like Omar said, he scattered ahead so he could, um, you know, like figure out how much of the game we should be playing and everything um, for this week's episode. And two, you may have noticed last week there wasn't an episode. Uh, my premiere crashed when I was doing an export completely borked the original file uh so we we lost a pretty solid conversation i feel horrible about it but we should be able to make it up because this week um we all looked back at notes we didn't cover a lot of ground but there were discussions about you know the thing that was so notable about this game uh so i figured before we dive into what we played for the week we can sort of recap initial thoughts of um, what it's like picking up with Raiden, because obviously that was such a, a shock to the system of gamers in the early 2000s, big fans of Metal Gear. Um, Kevin, this is your first time with this series. <clears throat> Indeed. Uh, what was it like realizing that you're not playing this game as Snake? Um... It was a little bit jarring. Mm -hmm. I'm not like not like in a bad way. Just like I just had many questions, you mm -hmm. know. Um, uh, for a minute there, early on, I thought I was playing as Liquid for a second because mm -hmm. the blonde hair. I was like, oh shit, okay, like that's cool. Mm -hmm. And then when you see our boy Snake, um, you know, being of those guys in the uh, what would I call that? B one of Shell Core one. I think. I so. think. So you would say that where you sneak in area, right? Where you enter the the area as uh, Raiden, you definitely see him going up the going up the um, elevator. So it's like, okay, uh, I'm someone else. Raiden, Jack, goes by as well with the rose and everything. So uh, it it definitely, and we had like a bunch of logging discussion about how like it definitely 
calls back to part two. I guess I'm doing it the reverse way because most people mm-hmm. played part two and thought of MGS two, but I played MGS two and thought of part two. Um, last was part two for yeah, yeah. To be so, sorry, last was part two. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting as well. Um, kind of like comparing those and all that, and um, I think overall, in hindsight, like a week removed from that section and everything. Because quickly in that section that we played, you see Snake mm-hmm. again, and he's like with, and he's conversing with you, and like with you a lot of the time. You're just not playing as him, you know. So it feels a little bit not as bad and not as much of a jolt as like The Last of Us was, where, uh, you know, a lot of Abby's parts, you know, don't like don't have Ellie physically there, right. And virtually almost none of it, yeah. And with yeah. part two, you play so much of that. You play like like ten hours of that game, you know, as yeah. as your character you expect, and then it's like, okay, slam the brakes. Here's what's up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's like a lot more investment there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but. Jack, because you weren't here for part one of the episode, and you did uh, re-experience the tanker, you went through all of this. I know you had some issues with the game i guess like pacing wise or just like introduction um going from the tanker to big shell and then picking up with raiden what was it like for you sort of getting used to sort of that start and stop right because i I know it was something that was a little tedious for you yeah that was that was something i picked up on um in the lost episode Mm -hmm. i suppose the thing I, i i've come to realize that I think this game was meant to be played like the tanker mission was the demo that you'd play. I don't know the release before, like months before, and then you pick up with this and you just start from uh, the big shell mm-hmm. uh, because like it is very much the prologue, the tanker mission to to the big shell. Um, whereas like there's tutorial parts in both of them, so you're doing a tutorial for like an hour, two hours. I think two hours it took me. And then you jump into Big Shell, and then you're kind of starting over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a lot of like what you said, start and stop. Um, but once you get past that, once you start getting all, um, you know, all your guns and all your upgrades and stuff, um, it's really by this section that we're we'll get into later that I started to feel like a sense of all right, I'm getting it now. I understand the controls. Um, I don't feel super powerless, and uh, I particularly love the character of Raiden. I I just love him being this uh very green, very inexperienced soldier and being tasked with this sort of monumental mission that he has like no no real uh bearing on actually getting done presumably. So it, it's cool to see him try to tackle that and uh it's definitely a far cry from Snake in Metal Gear Solid 1. So I I do really like that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like all of us are pretty on board with Raiden in like comparison to Snake, um, specifically for this game. Uh, Omar, with Raiden's perspective of everything, uh, you know, kicking off the game, lots of codec calls. You know, codec is the staple of the series. I I think, obviously, we're not going to get into like late game stuff or future stuff, but like the codec calls in this game do feel very different than they did in Metal Gear Solid 1 to me at least and I know you are sort of on the same page like how has it been to see the progression after revisiting Metal Gear Solid 1 
hopping in with two, seeing how Colonel talks to Ryden, and how Jack and Rose have their back and forth. There's less of a cast on the codec. Like, what, what's that been like? Um, it's got a different direction to it, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I actually looked it up on uh, IMDb to see if it was um, a different voice director or not. Mm-hmm. But it's the same person. I think her name is uh, Chris Zimmerman, who also is was married to Revolver Ocelot's voice actor. Yeah. For, wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we both listened to that <laughs> yeah. Game Informer podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I should say, yeah, Christian and I listened to this Metal Gear Solid podcast on Game Informer, where what was it Ben Hansen went and interviewed, like, the entire Metal Gear Solid cast and the recording process of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, despite Colonel sounds uh, almost less enthusiastic or less friendly to write it in this one than he did with Snake mm-hmm. in the first game. I feel like, I, what do you guys think of that, Kevin and Jack? Like, does he seem any different to you or just like... Um, like, a little bit similar. It... I think what I would compare it to is like when when like a dad talks to like the older son versus the younger son where it's like, you know, we're going to say some more things. Right. But there's a different cadence and then, and like there's a different like way of saying things, even though you're both my sons. Right. You know, so um, I think like I would kind of compare it like that, where I feel like he was talking to the older son, like um, Snake. As opposed to the younger son, which is Raiden, you know, a little bit more of like a authoritative type of authoritative. That's the word type of dynamic there. You know? Yeah. You get the sense that um, Campbell and Snake knew each other from previous missions. Uh, I'm pretty sure Campbell was involved in Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. I could be wrong in that, but it's at least implied that they had like a working relationship before uh, Metal Gear Solid 1. And then Raiden obviously is this new green agent and um it seems like the walls are a little bit firmer in place between uh Raiden and, and Campbell than they were between Snake and Campbell. Uh last week on the podcast you guys mentioned being annoyed by codec calls. Or yeah. were you still annoyed by codec calls in this one? Are they oh, still coming no. in too hot? Oh no. Oh no. Really? These okay. are good. No, no, <laughs> yeah. these are good. These are good. These are good. Yep. They got good. Uh, cool. They got good. We we At get some me. more improvements and like I think my annoyance was the fact that I was jumping back into um, Big Shell after the tanker, which the first like hour or so is more tutorials, and that comes in the form of codec calls just instantly bombarding you anytime you walk into a new area. Mm-hmm. Um, that so much isn't present. It's more using codec as a, a narrative device, and uh, I, I think they use that very well in this. With some added music too. It's not just the call; they pump in some music as well. So I love when they stuff. add the music when it's like. It's some... And then there was one day, mm-hmm. and then it's like something yeah. music goes on. It's like this whole backstory. Oh man, it's good stuff. You're talking about the uh, the like the little piano with Rosemary's calls, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, or that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because love that. One of the my favorite things I think from the last chunk was um, I think it's sort of obviously we get to like the april 30th thing going on but we also get a fun little story about how they met which i really like and that i think from memory that's the first time um the song i'm not going to say the name of the song in case it's a spoiler but when that song comes in um and they're talking about how like they met and they were like fighting about king kong and like the building he was on in the movie and stuff like that and then they had a date in the empire state building um 
that's really charming and i really like jack and rose's back and forth um because like i mentioned the cast obviously we we end up getting pluskin and then this week we have a lot more um we get to meet uh, otacon finally but it's really just colonel rose and pluskin so far that we've seen for the majority of this playthrough where Melgar Sod 1 had, you know, Miller, Deep Throat, uh, Mei Ling, Naomi, Nastasia, Colonel. Like, we had a huge cast, so. A lot of that stuff was optional, and there is optional Coda calls here, but um, I, I just appreciate that it, it feels much more, like, um, intimate because there's a smaller cast, and Raiden's main resource basically is his girlfriend, so. I think it's interesting that Kevin mentioned um, the fact that in this game uh, you're talking to Snake on the codec a lot, mm-hmm. or you hear him from him a lot, and also the fact that uh, he thought he might have been that Raiden might have been liquid at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's almost like a reverse dynamic of Metal Gear Solid with uh, uh, Master Miller liquid talking to U.S. Snake. I feel like um, no, yeah, and like I feel like this whole Raiden section very much like in terms of like what you're doing the objectives you have to do like it definitely does feel like they shoved in like an mgs1 remake in here you know in like a lot of different ways that like i i just find it interesting yeah yeah that yeah like there's there's just a lot here that um like even some boss fights i feel like play similarly to sure. other boss fights, and just one kind of sort of, you know, definitely that, that harrier in the hindy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. as well. Yeah, that one, that one straight up. Like, like there's, it's like, so I think one could construe that. Oh, it's like reused assets or whatever, like reused mechanics. But like, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it works well. Yeah, and I, I think a big portion of that familiarity, Kevin, tell me if you agree with this or not, is because of Dead Cell, right? Like. Dead Cell is the structure of this game so far. Mm, yeah. And obviously we have the environment. I know backtracking for you on Shadow Moses wasn't your favorite thing, but here you really just got to go clockwise once and then you yeah. got to like go counterclockwise right after that a little bit and then you're kind of done. Um and so much of that progression is tied to chasing after Dead Cell, which similar to Metal Gear Solid 1 they are what makes it very Metal Gear Solid-y in a way based on what we've seen in the series so far because MGS1 it was Foxhound, right? And we had these all these villains with their strange quirks about their history and what's going on Um, and now we know Raiden is operating under Foxhound but his objective is still centered around this group of strange villains in dead cell so like how's it been you know progressing do you think that at this point dead cell foxhound that type of group is like part of the identity of the series for you or what yes yeah yeah um i i i kind of lost the question and what you were saying but I agree. Like, there is, like, a parallel with, um, you know, the line of villains that you fight in MGS1 versus MGS2. I think I'm still overall partial to the MGS1 villains, I think. Maybe it was because, like, it was my first Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it was, like, the way they were presented. Like, it was super cool. Um, not that they aren't presented here well. Um, but it's it's it just feels a little bit different, 
you know, sure. than like an exact copy of uh, the first game. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Omar, how do you feel uh, going into this game with this cast of villains against the originals? Like, obviously they're iconic, but you know, first first member of Dead Cell is Fat Man, a dude that's running around on roller skates, and he's like so self obsessed with his bombs and his identity and all that stuff. Yeah, I love Fat Man. Uh, I think for me, a lot of these villains are just as iconic as the first games were. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, I should say again, I just played through this entire game, so I can't speak right. too much. Right. On some of this, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love Vamp. I think he's great, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I. Hell, hey, <laughs> what do you think, Christian? <laughs> no, yeah, I like him. I, I, I thought the Fat Man fight was fun. You know, yeah. um, the the teases of Vamp and Fortune at in those beginning hours are really nice. But, um, Jack, in terms of mechanics, right? Like Metal Gear Solid One had all those really cool boss fights. Some of them were frustrating on the show. If you're curious, you can check those out. But, um, Lee, like. Going through the Fat Man fight, leaving off there um, in our first chunk, were you, like, satisfied with that fight? Did you think it was, like, solid enough? Yeah, I I really liked that fight. I think a little bit more so than some of you guys did. Um, It wasn't... The the reason why I like that is because it's a little bit more strategic than it is, like, an all-out assault. Like, Fat Man doesn't really do much damage to you. Like, I don't know if I really even went through a ration during that fight. Yeah. Um, he does chip damage, but it's mostly like he'll drop two or three bombs. Um, you have to defuse them, but you always like want to defuse a couple and save one and do as much damage as you can to him and then defuse that last one before time runs out. So um, I really like that. It's certainly not that much of a challenge, but I think his character is definitely involved in that fight like just his personality uh and also the fact that it's it's more of a reprieve from what we are familiar with uh from metal gear fights which sometimes can be frustrating so i did like that change in in that design of that fight for sure um i unless anybody had any final things from that lost episode i think that's most of the content that was covered for our last chunk the the one thing I wanted to add, which I added uh, in our last episode, was the <laughs> pressing R two during the codec calls. Um, the characters will go, "What?" or "You do that," and um, it's even more funny this playthrough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just always do it; and it's absolutely hilarious. For sure, I think this game is really funny. Like, I feel like it is always making jokes. <laughs> I don't. I think it's all intentional, but I don't know. I'm laughing a lot during it. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wrapped up the fight with Batman. Um, immediately after the cutscene, uh, Cyborg Ninja shows up. We got a reference earlier in the game. We got an illusion that maybe there's a Cyborg Ninja, and then I think Pluskin's like, that's impossible. Um, <clears throat> but... Kevin, what was it like seeing Cyborg Ninja show up as a messenger from the Lolly Lule Low? New investigation, ladies and gentlemen. 3, 4, 21. Here we go. We're back in business here. The Cyborg Ninja Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wrote they. I don't know why. 
the sideboard. Okay. So what do I think? Honestly, I got no idea, right? He he well this this person has an accent. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's something, right? Um Frank Yeager so, did too, but different accent, you know, slightly different. Okay. But like it look, okay. I'm gonna definitively say no way it's our boy Gray Fox. There's just no way. Right. I mean, like, like nah, nah. Like he died once, twice now. Nah, but back. like that one seemed like a definitive, care. like yeah. dead dead, <laughs> you know. At least to me, I don't know. That helmet's a little no, different. Did scrape his foot or the foot <laughs> all over the Now over. there are there's like a there's there's like a darker tone than where I remember I think you know what actually I don't know if I can say that. Was was Gray Fox's skin exposed in MGS one no. to any capacity? No. no? Well, okay. I eventually, so. I mean I know like eventually, yeah. We get the okay. face reveal, but that's yeah, it. But no, he's because looking at this specific cyborg ninja compared with the accent, right? Like you pair those up. I was thinking that okay, is he of a darker skin tone? Is he of a darker ethnicity? Just to give me some more intel. But if it's just like a darker suit and that's just the the cyborg ninja suit, then I can't obviously use that. Mm-hmm. Um so I was seeing if like they had similar like suits. And Gray Fox's suit had his skin exposed too, so I guess not. Mm-hmm. So we got accent. There's, I'm gonna say there's no way it's Gray Fox. No mm-hmm. way. Nah, nah. So what do you nah, make of this association with the Lolly Lulelo? <laughs> what What do you think? What was? What do you think that is? Like, what is? Is it a? Kevin. Is it a third party? Um, What's going on? Is it a, a friend? I forgot. I, I honestly forgot what, like, how it directly ties in the first game. I know it's brought up in the first game, but I, I genuinely forgot. So, um, if anyone wants to do a quick, you know, spark notes, I Is could probably it? conjure up some theories. But well, I, 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 like, about yeah. that? Yeah. No, nah, you, you, sh- you shouldn't really. Yeah. The first time is in the tanker, I think. Um, yeah. From the. Oh, it's not an MGS one. Why no, do you think no. it's an MGS one? Okay, no, I, never mind. Maybe you're like just putting it into that post-credit scene because there's a lot of weird stuff in there that's like teasing a sequel. So maybe you know where I'm putting it. Where? I'm I'm putting it in the room where Snake is outside listening into um, uh, I believe it's Liquid and Ocelot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm putting it there, hearing gotcha. Lolly Low the first time, but I have no idea why. Um. Shalashaska's in that room. Maybe that's it. Okay, so Lolly really low. What do I think it is? Like he's a messenger for it. Honestly, um, let's see. So we have Snake and our boy Otacon. Uh, uh, philanthropy mm-hmm. is their thing, right? Maybe it's some sort of antithesis to philanthropy. You know. Mm-hmm. So okay. Either, so we either so, nor foe this person. Yeah, so La Le Lu Le Lo. I know La and Lo are the first and last L's in that. I don't know what's in between, and I just mix it up every time. Really? La Le Lu Lo. La Le I'm pretty sure it's La Le. I'm pretty sure it's La Le Lu Le Lo. It's La Le. La Le Lu Le Lo. La Le Lu Le Lo. Wait, isn't there like a La Le Lu Le Lo? 
I think that's it. Is we'll it have to ask Julie, Andrew, Julie Andrews and the Sound of Music? <laughs> so hmm. we get this recap, hmm. right? And then hmm. okay. our next objective, Jack. We got to infiltrate this base. We got to get a disguise up. We got to sneak in. We got the we got to have the right gun, the right color uniform hmm. for the specific part of the base. How is it for you to sneak on through back to the armory? Did you know to go immediately back to the armory? Because I don't think they nope. specify. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure didn't. Uh, I was like, my my thought was, all right, we got to get Ames. It's, he's in Shell 1 core. I'm going to head right there. And I'm just going to procure on-site procurement. I'm just going to do it right there. Yep. Um, and immediately, they were like, uh, I don't think anyone like says on the codec, but you get the impression, like, probably shouldn't be here right now. Um, and if you remember, I think the only way to get there is... Uh, between the E and F strut, and as you walk across it, the floor panels drop out. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get back is there's a gap between the core and one of the panels that you can jump onto. You have to like perfectly align your jump, jump across, and then you can like shimmy across. And that took me far too many times. Um, I agree with Kevin. I died... I die a lot in this game, like, much it's, more so than MGS1. But, like, it's not even enemies now. It's just, like, yeah. obstacles. It's like, wait, like, is that possible? Like, can he, can this character do that? Is that shimmyable? Like, is this yeah. is this even going to work? You know? I think yeah. the game has fun with death and experimentation <laughs> because yeah. literally there's a point uh after the harrier fight where you're crossing like the beam and it's like i gotta go slow slip on the bird shit and die and it's like of course (laughs) like (laughs) kojima's just fucking with me at this point but whatever um so no i did not know (laughs) to go to the armory eventually i call uh campbell and he says as much i'm like yeah thanks thanks for the warning Mm -hmm. um and yeah you get do you get the uniform here you might get it before i know uh cyborg engine gives you the uniform Okay, you get the AK here. Um, yeah. And I also, like, went and did some more looting and looting as if this is Apex Legends. <laughs> and I uh, got the RGB and the PSG one. Mm-hmm. So sniper and mm-hmm. uh, grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get both PG- PSG ones? There's two. I did, yeah. I only got one. Okay. I, got I don't one. think I did. So What's there's the a vent to crawl on, I think, in that same room, right, Christian? That uh, yeah, it's has in... a Trank PSG one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, there's a Trank PSG one? Yeah. yeah. I would uh-huh. love that. It's, Damn it. It's been nice because um, we touched on it briefly last week, I think, but so far I've been playing the game non-lethal. I've been, I've been mm. killing, like, knocking the bosses out with sleep darts. I've been, haven't killed a soul yet. Yeah, getting that mm. Trank mm. sniper was pretty nice. So mm. Mm. I didn't get it personally. <laughs> I uh, wish I got. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm killing a lot. <laughs> after we get through the armory, um, I I did a save and I called Rose to save right, and she gives you some stories here and there. Uh, on save calls the way that mailing used to give you like advice or whatever um i i thought this was very interesting i don't know if ever anybody else got this i feel like you probably should have if you saved this week at one point maybe i just got it early but so i called rose um after a discussion earlier in the game where 
Ryan was like, hey, can you look into Snake? Like, the death of Snake and, like, all this stuff. So, Rose, on the call, she's like, hey, do you have a sec? Uh, I looked into this. We had Snake's body exhumed for testing. Yes, mm. yes. I uh, did get this. And she was like, you know, we couldn't make out the face. He was missing an arm, but the DNA was intact. Blazing fucking gentlemen, your boy was right in this bitch. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all doubted me? Listen, I got it. Right here. February 18th. The soul of Liquid resides in his arm, which is now connected to Ocelot. I'll say this. We weren't doubting you. We were just fucking with you. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly (laughs) cannot believe it was true. (laughs) I can't can't believe you got it. There were like, there were like multiple, like, you know, days where I'm just like, man, like, could that even be possible? Like, I don't know, man. But like, there's been a lot of things that like, I wouldn't, you know, also we, we get a nice shout out to, um, I think Cyborg Ninja describes the pan card again i'm like fuck yeah mm-hmm. so like yeah. if like if like that is possible but so that's like legit so so that's 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 a that's a true thing that we did here the the soul of liquid really is taking over ocelot no spoilers you know what that spoilers is okay but um yeah very very proud very very proud of me mm-hmm. we did it guys yeah that was very impressive <laughs> Um, hell yeah hell yeah and you know omar earlier you asked about like colonel and like if we think anything's weird about him uh after that call ended this i don't know if this was just like a they had like a a voice match come in or something but i noticed that uh at the end of this call after like ryden was figuring some stuff out about this uh fake death of snake colonel interrupts and he's like ryden the president needs you i think and then that's it. <laughs> it was just really weird to me. Yeah. yeah I, I, again, I think Kojima's just fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, just make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wants Colonel to make has, jokes. I don't know. Colonel has some weird lines where, like, when he's teaching you to swim, he's like, yes, press the action button. And it's like, why do you sound so robotic right now? Maybe it is, like, what you're saying, just because they brought him back and it's like, oh, we need to describe the players, like, how to actually do this. So just do it. And he's like, fine, whatever. Yeah, like, uh, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I got other voice work to do, so I'm gonna give you ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm give you ten that, minutes. That's <laughs> really like the swimming thing stuck out to me too, because he's going off. He's like, he's doing his voice, he's doing his normal thing, and then it just sounds like a completely different cut of like a completely different session, yeah. and it's just dead. That just stood out to me. It was very weird. Uh, I had yeah. to make that game in three years. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, oh yeah. well. I do want to double back though a little bit. You know, sure. So. The body that they ID'd, it was Liquid's body? Is that is that Class A confirmed? That's what they allude yeah. to. Because mm-hmm. D- uh, Snake and Liquid share the same DNA. Yeah. So I, yeah. if they were exhuming that body and they kind of look alike in a way, obviously one's blonde, um, maybe they dyed his hair, uh, it seems, and the fact that pretty sure Snake and Otacon addresses later, that they used that body as a cover-up um, just so that being dead just gave Snake a better way to navigate and do his work right now. Yeah, because I think, Jack, in that story, I'm pretty sure they might be referring to something else, but I think they said something to the effect of, like, oh, yeah, we had to, like, 
we had a really, really hard, hard, hard mission that we had to do between the, what happened to the tanker and where we are now. And I think it was implied that that was the mission where they had to steal his body. To steal the body, yeah. That sounded that would that would be a great little DLC expansion. Let me tell oh, you. Yeah. Didn't didn't did they say it was because like I think there was a side comment of like the something about the body being frozen, right? So I was like, man, like did they just did they get that body from outside of Shadow Moses, like because it was it was it was snowing in that region. Was his um, body just there, just chilling? Literally, it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, damn, yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah. I feel you like know? some scientists maybe collected that and okay. were probably running tests on it because he is, of course, a clone, mm-hmm. and that is pretty significant. So that maybe they froze him or something. I don't know if they ever explained that, but... That's, it might have that's been in his will, honestly. He, he seems like a gene freak that would have been like, make sure I pass yeah. on to the next generation. Yeah, uh, but then it's like... Me. And sometime before then, Ocelot shows up. He's like, okay, before that's... we do this, I want this arm, please, so I can do my yeah. twirly gun moves again. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. So it's like, we're Snake and Otacon just like, I, he doesn't have an arm, not sure what happened to it. All right, whatever, you know? Did they just brush that aside? interesting mm-hmm. many questions many questions but i'm gonna call this case closed honestly i'm gonna nice we did it guys we did it do you guys want to talk about the other rose call that we get this week since we're on this or do you want to save that for when we get there? i kind of do i'm i'm down to talk about it i am blanking on what it is if it's the Jack, same one please tee it up so this is the one where you save again at some point i actually i forget where exactly it is but it's in this playthrough um you call rose she again talks to you um and then begins to describe their relationship and <laughs> oh, they yeah, don't yeah. know each other at all and rose gets freaked out um when she's describing the one time she like forcibly made her way into uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raiden's room because he just locked it all the time and it was completely barren save for a bed and a desk and that just totally freaked her out because there was like no personality in that room like there's no posters or anything and she describes the fact that she knows like next to nothing about his personal life um, so yeah it, it's a it's a very strange call and we get more insight into what Raiden is like outside of this and he's very mysterious um which is surprising because he is this green uh soldier and he has like a lot of personality and the fact that he's very i don't want to say annoying but like for lack of a better word annoying and is is kind of like the 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 uh what do you call it boy scout in a way where he's Mm -hmm. like you know trying to get through this get it done um but yeah, very different outside of that. How did you guys react to that one? I I sorry sorry no Christian go ahead. Before we like get serious about it, I just wanted to say that entire sequence. I just thought of that like that meme where it's like yes men in their twenties will sit like have this <laughs> yeah. in their apartment and think this is fine. It's just like a, a camping yes. chair in front of a TV on like a, a box. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I was like chat literally chat. Listen, if y'all just assume that I just had a bed over here and that was it. What is the problem? Yeah, I thought I got a PS5. I got a bed. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Like we are gamers. <laughs> like, I don't I, care. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that same thing too. I'm like, she's so like appalled by like just 
having a simple life i'll say having a simple life okay i don't need a lot to please me that's it you know um yeah i found it more funny but like now that i think back to it it is kind of like i don't know if it's like she's the problem because like she's she like if if it's an overreaction on her part or if it's that like Raiden really is just like a blank piece of paper, you know, and like that could be, I guess, concerning in some ways, you know. I wonder which one is like really the one that's like tripping, you know. I wonder because like it doesn't seem like Raiden, like like what you guys said, yeah, like seems like Raiden's a normal dude, you know, as far as I'm aware. Like I would say a lot more normal than Snake is for sure, mm-hmm. you know, from like a general average person standpoint. You know, yeah, because so, they um, they had that past where they met up and like what Christian was saying, they like they did have that conversation about like Godzilla and King Kong. So like, there's some personality there. I think the implication with this call is that Jack and or Ryden is like unwilling to divulge information about his personal life, and that's unsettling to uh, Rose. Where, yeah. by the way, they shouldn't be together if that's the case. Like. <laughs> That's just very strange mm-hmm. how these two are actually together because they don't seem to connect um, at all. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but right now it is they are together, and um, he seems unwilling to actually talk about himself. Mm-hmm. All you need for a good relationship is to have the same interest in a movie. <laughs> <I think. laughs> That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Omar. I appreciate no that. I appreciate that. Uh, there were oh, two quotes I pulled specifically from that call, Jack, and I think just like hammering everything you're saying that I think are just kind of like really creepy in a way. Um, one was Rose said, again, like, because I think earlier also on a stage call, like, she asked a question, then Ryan was like, well, what about you? And then she's like, you never talked to me. And then she hung up, I think. Um, <laughs> She said, I'm so lonely. You've never slept beside me. Talk to me. You leave bed, like, immediately after falling asleep. Um, and then Ryden said, it's because I'm scared of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any, like, elaborations on that gentleman? Like, is that a spoiler that I can't ask? Or I have no idea. We Yeah, that was, that was just first brought up there. So that was sort of, like, okay. what? Yeah. Yeah, and the other one, which was like, Jack, you're talking about these people shouldn't be together. Yeah. Um, she's talking about I didn't like write down the full quote, but she brings up like, oh, it like the first time you raised the hand at me or something, and then she follows it up with, it wasn't your violent nature that scared me; it was your room, a lifeless room like your empty heart. Yeah, you can tell a man wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the takeaway from this <laughs> pretty bad oh, pretty bad yeah yeah so. yeah that was a so, bit of a standout yeah 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 there's there's another uh, like we'll get to it okay we'll, yeah. did you guys notice uh that ryan's name is jack and his girlfriend's name is rose yes i did yeah okay all right yeah cool yeah. Wait, like a, like, you... a, like the Titanic. Like the... Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. not put that together. Really? That's oh, wow. really? Yeah, no. Oh, I've been thinking that the whole time. Like, oh, I saw okay, the t- yeah, Titanic like... like once. I Same. feel Same. like 
there's something here about Kojima uh, writing American melodrama with the way <laughs> these two talk to each other. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I yeah. No, you go ahead. That was really like it. I don't know. I think I've what I find more and more interesting is that just like how he portrays America, like even like when you look at Dead Stranding, right? And like even when you look at like how you know has like Jack and Rose and stuff like that, and like just just how he portrays America is is really I find interesting, and I don't think you could get that from like an American's perspective. I really don't. You know, I think it takes like an outsider to like have that specific lens. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. I keep saying that this game is funny, but I really do feel like it's a big joke on this oh, country sure. sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's... Well, like, it, it, it's funny you say that because think about like Rockstar Games being a British studio totally. and like very, very much, m- much more satirically writing about the United States, especially in Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, that is it is interesting how we get those perspectives on the United States. Um, this one, I think, a lot more subtly, but in, still in the fact of writing um, from an outsider's perspective, like you mentioned, Kevin. Yeah, super interesting. Jack, weren't you a GTA Five hater? Um, I wouldn't say I'm a hater, but okay. I don't like that game's story. I think it's you. very heavy-handed, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I much much prefer GTA Four. And Red Dead Redemption. That's obvious, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, um, I can I mention this one thing? I keep I'm gonna forget it. Sure. Uh, I went and played through the Metal Gear Solid Two Tanker demo this week. Okay. Um, from Zillion Enders. Uh, it ends on the Olga fight. It does. It's not the oh, whole tanker, which I did not know. And, oh, so uh, so it doesn't even go. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, just the Olga fight. So it's like actually like ten minutes of gameplay, really. If you know what you're yeah. doing. And uh, also what's really cool about it is um, it doesn't have English voices. It's got the Japanese cast and it's subbed, which I think wow. that's the only time you can actually play Metal Gear Solid with English subtitles and Japanese voices. Huh. But it's, it's, it's really weird. And uh, it's like an earlier build of the game, too, where the codec calls like uh, the Otacon and Snake models are like way worse and you can rotate them like weirder. I don't know. It's, it's, it's super bizarre, but it's cool. It's cool. Hmm. Uh, sorry, had to bring that up. That's no, really interesting. I didn't know that. I just put together from your description of that Kodak call, Omar, that <laughs> Sly Cooper stole the Kodak. Yeah. Really? From from I just I just put that together. Like mm-hmm. with with Bentley and and Sly talking, especially in the first one, where you can move their heads, like bob them up and down <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a Metal Gear Solidism. So that's that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so picking up, we get our suit, we have our gun, we got to sneak into this uh, new portion of the base, and I love what we have to do here to, like, get into that elevator room or the that scan room of, like, you have to get the guard in the chokehold to, like, while they're awake. I loved that so much, um, but I can see how that might be frustrating uh, did anybody have an issue with this? <laughs> did anybody not like this? Did anybody hate something that I'm loving in Metal Gear Solid again? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was a really funny part in stream. Okay. Um, 
It didn't take me too long, but I just kept shooting the dude instead of trying to choke him. It was a whole thing. I was I was just being stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first like real attempt I thought I was gonna get it was that um I knocked one of the guards out completely, not killed, but just like knocked them out with the spinnies, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I dragged the body and tried that. Colonel was like, "Nah, bro, you gotta be alive. Like, like they have to be open, or whatever." So like, "Oh man." So then I, I was trying for a while many many failed attempts i don't know like i i was trying to like knock on the door and act like someone else was trying to go out and that the other guy would be oh okay cool just open the door i thought maybe eventually like he would go in and i would just follow behind him wasn't working i did have to take the l and google it sorry um so then i had to learn the mechanic that i think me and omar talked about not knowing how to really do was to grab someone um which that was a new thing for me, but it was it was pretty easy once you like get it. It's it's it, it's an easy thing, but yeah, it, it took me a little bit, but mm-hmm. it was fun. It was funny. Uh, Omar, did you get it? I mean, like, is this something you remembered no. or no? I had to. Well, no, yeah, I actually just called the codec a bunch. Uh, I think to figure it out because I was doing the same thing as Kevin. I was just knocking him out mm-hmm. uh, with Trank and trying to. I was hoping that Raiden could like minority report scoop out his eyeballs or something <laughs> and put him on the thing, but that <laughs> was not, there was no prompt for that. So, uh, yeah, um, took me a bit, but <laughs> once you get it though, it is like a thing where it's like, ah, this is cool. I'm glad, I'm glad they have a system like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Cause the first attempt I definitely did use the trank gun and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, so they probably, I just probably have to like hold them up and then do it. But, um, Jack, any difficulty here? Nah, dude, I'm a pro gamer, so yeah. I know what it is. Oh, um, but I actually, I, I, I like followed him and like wait till he got it a little bit closer, and then I was expecting that method not to work. Like I thought you would have to, um, like actually knock him out and then do it. But I was, I was pretty surprised that that's that was the route to take. Mm-hmm. And then immediately when I got in that room, they were like, "You don't have the necessary materials. Get out of here." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> Yeah, because what, what did he need? Oh, he right. needed the, um, you need the, the directional bi- mic. Yeah, right, the, right, right, right. Directional mic, yeah. I did that first before I even went. Because I'm like, this seems like MGS1. Go down to the other yeah. floor. Yep. It's probably there. And then go up to this floor. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, there was some weird stuff happening on that bottom floor. Yeah, because what? Mm. There was the directional mic in the top left corner of the room. There were a lot of guards on patrol. <laughs> there was the bird that was saying, like, how yeah i don't get what the hell was going oh wait oh wait 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 a fucking minute oh is that bird someone else's bird that we might run into maybe um it said something about on top of a locker yeah i did not know what that was so on my way in on the left side there was a a book on top of the lockers i didn't know how to get to it but um Mm. like it was a it was like the the book magazine you can get the armory if you drop down yeah it was like the same looking thing i don't know if it's like a special book or something but uh i tried i I had no way to like climb up or anything couldn't figure it out but um yeah kevin you having some uh realizations there you gotta open up another investigation with this bird (laughs) why is the parrot saying otacon's name fuck here we go guys ah shit here we go again it was actually a tease for uh snake's appearance in super smash bros melee and the bird (laughs) is saying how like uh the developer who makes smash bros i think whoa that's my impression yes wait is that class a confirmed 
I think parrot. so. I mean, it's up to interpretation. But. Yeah. <laughs> parrot saying how. So once we get the directional mic, we got to go back to that room, right? And we get a, again, a fun thing. I had a good time doing this. Uh, you walk into the room, there's a guard on patrol, all these hostages, and you have to use the directional mic and aim it and try to listen for a pacemaker to figure out who aims is. Um, for, I think he is like randomly spawned in that room but for me he was like one of the outliers and like there were there was one guy like on the screen facing side of the on the right table i checked it sounded normal and then there was another one on the table to the left checked it it was very clear a mechanical sound there and i was like okay well that's aims (laughs) but um i don't know if that would change on different difficulties or if it spawned in a different place for you guys but uh what was it like trying to find aims yeah, because for me, Ames was, if the staircase is, like, top of the screen, mm-hmm. Ames is bottom left of the screen. Um, and I hope it's random, because it, it, it is a little fun, because you have to always be carrying the weapon with you, mm-hmm. um, so you would have to switch out to the directional mic, make sure the guard's not looking at you, get real close to someone, like, stick it in their face and just listen to the heartbeat. And from what I gathered, every heartbeat was a little bit different. So there was a sense of, is that the difference? Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't tell. And then obviously you get to the one where it's like, oh, this is clearly it. But it took like some trial and error. I actually started like top left and worked my way down. So thankfully, it was, Ames was like pretty soon after where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a cool little little puzzle. Omar, how do you I had him in the same spot. Yeah, same spot as Jack. Uh, bottom left. It took me like it was the second guy I found, honestly, I put the mic to, <laughs> which uh, led me to think like, well, that can't be it. Uh, but you're right. It was so obvious. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, yeah. Like, Mine was bomb left, too. I don't think yeah, it's so, that random. So is my I I checked and somebody said that it was random, but I don't oh. know if it's like I looked after the fact because I was like, did I just get lucky? Like, because there's like 20 people in that room or 30, I think, whatever the exact number of hostages is. But I, I, he was the second one I tried. So I was like, did I just get super lucky? So I wanted to look mm. and somebody said it was random, but maybe it's random based on, or maybe it's not random, but maybe the difficulty you're playing on varies it. But Jack, you're on normal and the three of us are on, or I'm on easy and Omar and Kevin are very easy. So, cause well, we do get the cutscene afterward and that would imply that he would have to be in that location. Sure. Right. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but this cutscene—is uh, this the longest cutscene in the game so far? Because this was chunky. If we're counting like the dialogue with Olga and Snake as well as in, being in this cutscene, mm, divorcing the tanker mission, maybe. I, it was a long. It was a long cutscene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. There's a longer cutscene this episode, right? I Wait, know. yeah, I remember if it was this one or one. I know one. It was like a good, like it felt like twenty five minutes, straight up. This one, okay, yeah. but I forget it yeah. was this one. So it this was definitely lanky though. So this one, I I pulled a lot of highlights out of it. If you want, I can just blitz through all the points Ames brings up, and we can just sure. talk about it after the fact. Sure. Yeah. So, um, Ames, we rip the duct tape off. Uh, he says he's in on the Lolly Lule Low. He's under the impression that Raiden was sent in by the Lolly Lulilo. 
Ocelot is watching this interaction and he's cool with it. He kind of just sighs. Um, like, what's up with that, maybe? Um, and then Ames brings up they can speak through nanocoms and Raiden's like, the hell is that? We just go to the codec. Um, the tanker was on purpose? Like, the entire tanker incident was intentional? Don't know. I forget who made it intentional. Um, the next thing I have is breaking down the uh, quote-unquote snake Ocelot Olga interaction. So do you want to just cover the Ames thing right now? Or do you want to yeah. just keep going? Oh, wait. Um, just just keep know. running through, I think. Okay. Um, so in the middle of that interaction... Um, Ames is like, oh, there's Snake, because uh, a guy comes in, he's got a, his collar popped up, he's got white hair, you can't really see him. Um, and then Ocelot shows up as well. They have an interaction. The two of them are, they seem on good terms. Uh, they're talking about how Dead Cell can't be trusted, um, even though they're working for them. Uh, we get a name drop of the Patriots, and that this is all about Outer Heaven. Uh, Olga shows up, She's also in line with them. Uh, Gerlukovich was shown on the tanker section. Obviously, Ocelot killed him. Olga does not know that. Uh, she's still working with him under the assumption that she's like kind of paying off her father's agreement or whatever. Um, <laughs> Ocelot talks about his arm and then also says, I never trust a Frenchman. And then they kind of all agree. <laughs> um, and... There's more from that conversation because they talk about the Compton effect, which is brought up again by Ames, explained as a EMMA field, which uh, will be used to basically toast all the electronics on Manhattan, sort of dismantle the control that this organization, the Patriots, has, um, and allow uh the 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 king as he's referred to snake and ocelot to sort of i guess liberate manhattan and turn it into an outer heaven for them um and then after that uh ames dies so we can just talk about a lot of stuff for now yeah uh a lot of metal gear solid parallels in this one i feel like where uh that uh the, when you're listening to uh ocelot and snake or solidus or whoever king uh in that thing they um it's just like the scene in metal Gear solid uh one with the palky i feel like right where snake is right before uh coming up right there and ocelot and liquid give this whole speech knowing that uh snake is there right because mm -hmm. ocelot here knew that raiden was there right i don't know if he yeah. knew it was raiden but he knew somebody was talking to ames okay yeah, yeah. um no, I, I. So we're we're using the directional mic at this point, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that directional mic. <laughs> I think it's so fun. I love that. Like mm -hmm. the subtitles oh, getting smaller. smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's you, so cool. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, so it's cool. super cool. Mm -hmm. Super cool. I like it. Yeah, and I, I love that that comes back later also. Um, oh, yeah. With Olga's phone call, because I think it's a cool mechanic, and again, just sort of adds on to the the layers of espionage in the series. So yeah. I I like to like just like I know we're jumping, but like I feel like I'm gonna forget to say it. I like it with Olga because like you can almost like imagine her pacing back and forth, even though like 
you don't see it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all done through the mic, you yeah. know, like yeah. through that whole me- mechanic. Like it's super cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. Definitely. But um, we we I think this is a pretty big one. We also I think maybe Cyborg Ninja talked to us about this, but um, there's a Metal Gear being housed here, and Big Shell isn't a cleanup site. Um, so, and the fact of everything we learned in this conversation between um, Ames and Solidus and Ocelot and Olga as well, like, you you get the sense that Raiden is like, my mission here is just not what I expected it to be. In mm-hmm. fact, it is, like, radically different. Yeah. He... And, like, Snake in Metal Gear Solid 1 gets that, but he's still... Like, the base of his mission is still there. It just changes along the way. But for Raiden, he's like, this is not... Like, we're calling audibles left and right. This mm-hmm. is not what I, the play that we were running uh, first yeah. quarter. This is way different. Because at least in Metal Gear Solid, Snake had a history with Metal Gear, right? Like, he shows yeah. up and he's like, oh, there's this new version. It's Rex. We got to take care of this. And then we talked about this a lot, too, of Raiden just being, like, the best they had for this mission. Um, you wonder, similarly to the first game, if he's being lied to a lot, because... For his mission, he keeps bringing up this ransom, right? And everybody he's meeting, like Snake and Ames, are like, the fuck are you talking about? What ransom? Nobody's asking for $30 yeah. billion. Dollars. Like, what are you... <laughs> what? And the environmental risks of this mission. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? There's none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I do really like how um, they're sort of tying this game to, like, the nuclear... Uh, you know fallout of this plan that this group has would just sort of not result in nuclear war the way the first game covers on but like this is just mainly talking about um computers again sort of how that title card prepped us you know in between the tanker and uh big shell of like computers rose alongside nukes they're sort of like born out of the same time period um and Jack, I know uh, in our last episode you mentioned about how uh, Snake's codename of Pliskin was, you know, inspired by Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing where there's a fallout and Manhattan separated from the rest of the world yeah. and <laughs> turned into a military yeah. operation. That's what they're going for. The fa- yeah, the fact when you were reading or like going through your notes of uh, describing this and Outer Heaven being New York, I'm like, I, of course, like you get the sense that. Kojima saw that movie and be like, that's a cool-looking protagonist. Uh, I'm going to name my character after that. Um, but also the premise of uh, Escape from New York is the goal of um, Ocelot and Solidus, seemingly, from what we get um, from that conversation. So, yeah. Very funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kevin, did you have something to add to that? Wow. Wow. Um, that was a lot. Uh... Okay, I I I had things. I think they were answered. Okay. I think so. I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're good to be honest. Yeah, I think I think yeah. So we we get here that um, you know, like Ocelot is trying to bring about bring about Outer Heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming with the help of these two Metal Gears, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, now that we know that 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 there's two, it's Ray and then um. Arsenal, Arsenal gear? gear, Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal gear, mm. yeah. Which now it's like, man, are we gonna see that thing? Maybe. Shit. Yeah. Oh, what, what does that even look like? 
it's the whole underside. It's like yeah, it's the rest it's, of it. It's crazy. It's like how uh, like an ice school or an iceberg situation where you mm. only see like ten percent of that thing. Yeah, mm. indeed. Is that indeed. Uh, another Titanic parallel? I was just oh, say. dude. Well dude. done. You pieced it together. <laughs> I didn't oh even God. put that together until you. Well done. Well done. Um, Omar, before we continue with the immediate follow up of Ocelot crashing this party, uh, any other comments on Outer Heaven, the plan? <laughs> what is Outer Heaven, really? I, I It's like military men want to have a their own like country for mercenaries in cell what's what's that <laughs> did you say in cell land yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. like oh. like it, it just kind of sounds lame to me sometimes where it, it what's the goal there is it like world domination with a, a military country seizing all nukes or whatever or fighting i think i, I don't really get it I th- obviously like I'm not gonna like cite anything but my understanding of Outer Heaven is that it's meant to be a land where the the people that are like oh I don't I don't like politics you know like I think it's like <sighs> those types of military personnel of like they feel like they shouldn't be bound by the con- the confines of government and they sort of exist in, like, a tribal state of, like, when warriors were, you know, like, ancient history. Respected. Except yeah. they have guns now. <laughs> and, like, that's... And they have nukes. And, like, that's... You know, it's, like, it's something that clearly can't work with the way that in the games and in reality, like, the military-industrial complex works anymore compared to, like, how Roman soldiers were treated. But, like, I think it's the ideals of the people that want to bring outer heaven to life and the the plan of the OG big boss to like create a society where the people who love that life and find purpose in that life can exist without being like politicized by governments and stuff like that. I think that's what outer heaven's supposed to be. But but like it would be like super political though, right? Like Yeah, that's the if that exists. Like because mm-hmm. it, it's like how gonna... it's like how six days in Fallujah is like ah oh, we don't want to be political it's like hmm. <laughs> yeah it's like no because like with but... the modern with how military is in the modern day like that's i i think that's the hypocrisy of outer heaven in a weird way which like we can talk about more later but it's just it's something that can't work and it's something that clearly they try like big boss apparently failed to make outer heaven a thing or at least he got close and snake stopped it in the og metal gear um, Liquid tried to bring it back with Shadow Moses in Melgarsad. Didn't work. Um, now we're trying again on Manhattan. So, like, it's something that seems like... We don't know how long this has been attempted to be a thing, but it seems like something destined to fail, you know, because they want it to be this thing where it's about the soldier, it's about the power, it's about, like, sort of primal hierarchies but because of where we are they're relying on nuclear power and computers and all that stuff like it's impossible to have that because inherently it will be political based on what they're relying on i think that's the whole commentary there can can i ask a couple more questions about it yes uh like what is the threat about rapping i think it's 
I don't want to get again. I'm trying to like make sure that I'm not citing things that we might explore later. But um, okay. I think the threat of Outer Heaven is that the people who are calling the shots would be threatened by it because they can't control it. Okay. That if that makes sense to you. No, that makes sense. That actually clears up a lot. Actually, okay. <laughs> it, I, I I believe that's the threat there. Yeah. It, it seems like later in the episode we learn that like Solidus is against the Patriots. So I think Outer Heaven would take a stance against the controlling arm that is the Patriots. Yeah. So okay, we can dive into the Patriots if you want. Um, I I think before we move on though, like Ames dies seemingly of a heart attack, and he claims Ryan is the one that did it to him. Kevin, thoughts? What? Wait, what? He looks at Ryan and he's like, you did this. They sent you to kill me. And then he dies. Oh, right. A heart attack, seemingly. Yeah. It it seems like Fox died, but there, I doubt that it is. Mm-hmm. Fuck. He has it? a pacemaker, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I think they probably just like... Him. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, but he does look to Ryan. Like, he does look to him of, like, you're doing, like, they, oh, I was wrong. They sent you to kill me. Something like that. Like, he's accusatory as he's dying. Yeah. Oh, so maybe, like, he just misunderstood. I don't maybe, know. yeah. It's like, hey, Omi, like, no, I, I really was just trying to save you, bro. <laughs> like, what to do? <laughs> like, um, oh, man. Yeah. But Ocelot interrupts that entire thing, uh, makes Ryan take his mask off. Um, disguise no longer available. And Cyborg Ninja shows up. To save the day, so Ryan can escape, almost cutting off the arm of Ocelot once again, <laughs> which I really liked. I thought that he did. I was like, "Oh snap!" Yeah, again. Oh mm-hmm. man. <clears throat> so, um, after that, should we just talk about the Patriots now? Because there is the the boss fight with the Harrier and Solidus. The reveal of him. What, what do you yeah. guys want to talk about first? I think we should wait. We should talk about the Harrier and the Vamp. Okay, stuff, okay. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because we get, uh, yeah, Ocelot, and we also just get Solid Snake being like, all right, I'm Snake. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got a lot yeah. of reveals. Yeah. Yeah, which I was like, okay, thank God. I was like, man, I was I was really hoping you're, you were my boy. You looked like him. You sounded like him. Mm-hmm. Glad you're the homie. You know, so, big fan. Fort Snake. Fan. We do get yeah. the Otacon reveal here. Kevin, what was that like when he was like, I'm going to call my friend? <laughs> Let's fucking go. Let's go. It's my boy, Attica. It's my boy. I hope he... Listen. <laughs> I hope he's here the whole time. I I hope I see him in MGS5, but I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I feel like I haven't... I mean, you know what? Granted... No, like, I don't know if I would have known him pre this whole long play club, you know? Mm-hmm. But does nobody else... Like, are there... Otacon fanboys like me, like, are there homies like Otacon, or like, is he yeah. is he just not? Like, like what's he's, the deal? I feel like I don't hear him talked about a lot. No, I think he's very well liked, actually. I think, um, honestly, the okay. biggest quote so. from Metal Gear Solid, like, the whole series might be, can love Bloom on a battlefield, mm-hmm. I think. I, I'm an Otacon stan, too, to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah, he's same. great. <laughs> yeah. Otacon's yeah. awesome. He's yeah, the Bentley cool. of this <laughs> franchise. Yeah, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, Otacon like when you look at it can kind of be more iconic at least like what omar's talking about with the the dialogue snippets and the quotes than snake at times like i i think autoconda is like ground the series for a lot of people um but i was gonna say i don't 
I feel like in this game, I don't know if you guys picked up on this or this is just a weird thing. I get like Matthew Perry vibes from him. <laughs> Matthew Perry. Chandler Matthew, yeah. from Friends. Oh. Uh, Friends I... is a bad show, so I don't know. <laughs> I did notice that <laughs> he his voice acting is much more subdued in this one. Yeah. Like in a way where it sounds like the voice actor was bored. Or, like, the direction on this was, like, tone it down, in a way. I specifically got that in the tanker mission, where you'd have expected him to be, like, Sly, come in, Sly! I'm bringing back the Bentley uh, comparison, but he is, like, compared to Metal Gear Solid 1, he was, like, kind of a meme in in MGS1, in a way. Uh, Very over the top, and he's a lot more laid back in MGS2. He's cool now, I think. Yeah, is he? I think... Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, like... You know, he went through that entire experience of the of Shadow Moses, and exactly. he was like a, a huge geek. Yeah. And then now he's, he's like, not going to cons anymore. Yeah, he's like a bit more, yeah. you know, with it. He's in the he's in the, right. the pilot seat kind of. So I figured that would be a little Mandatory. better for him. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm yeah. trying to yeah. find a picture of Matthew Perry with glasses so I can just send it to the chat so you guys can see what I'm oh, talking no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, any other stuff about Otacon before we dive into this Harrier fight? Um. So, he has a quick line where he references his little sister's mother. Mm-hmm. Are they related? Or was that just a weird way of saying his mom as well? Right? Uh, Does that make sense? Know. You know? He, no, like, yeah. referred to her as her mother. Yeah. Right. I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it. Uh, Christian, what do you think? Should I say it? No, it's revealed in this either okay. in this call or later the episode. But, yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Um... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, e is Otacon's stepsister, right? Half sister, and... I think. Maybe. Oh, same, it's half? same dad, half? I think. Oh, really? I think. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't realize yeah. it was half. Okay. Gotcha. You might be right. Yeah. S- same. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Same dad. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wait, that does have Otacon energy. Yeah, a little bit. I feel that. Um. So yeah, we get the. You know the the call. We we figure out that there's an objective here for Emma, um, but we do get interrupted by Solidus showing up, revealing himself. I'm not Snake. I'm the third better clone. Him and he he hits Snake with a brother once again. Um, brother, and he's got like Bane powers. Kind of, he can like increase the density and mass of different. <laughs> Sorry for audio listeners. Uh, Otacon himself, Matthew Perry, is taking Omar's spot right now. That's a- <laughs> what's up, <laughs> Can you cut? I've can you cut his mouth out and? Talk? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm good enough for that. <laughs> I could do that, bro. I got you. Don't even worry. Right. About this it is here. some Andy Cortez let's just, editing. Action. Let's just let's just keep on talking. I got this. Yeah, right. I got you. On just give me give me like two minutes. Christian, so go ahead. No worries. <laughs> so Solidus having. The ability to is it his suit? Is that his like weird mutation? Because he didn't get the recessive or dominant genes, he just uh, got superpowers. <laughs> I got the sense it was his suit because anytime he like goes into that mode, his like visor comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I also don't remember, so who knows? Yeah. So the big reveal here, we got the third uh, snake, maybe done after the fact. Uh, still part of the Les Enfants Terribles. Project. Let's on Fontalib. Is that where their their hate for Frenchmen comes from? Maybe. <laughs> Could be. 
Um, Les enfants terribles. And we don't get to fight him here, but he does hop in a Harrier with um, Ocelot and, you know... Vamp, I believe. Vamp, yes, thank you. Uh, Ocelot shows up later, but... Um, this fight was very easy for me, but I was chugging at times. This is the first part in this entire game that the frame rate took a damp. It was with some of these big explosions. There was a lot going on. Hmm. Um, how did you guys fare in this fight? Yeah, uh, this the Harrier? Super, super yeah. easy. The Harrier. Yeah, fight, yeah, yeah, really easy. Yeah, really you, easy. You basically just... <laughs> you basically <laughs> can just use the... Um, uh, like stair stairwell to just dodge attacks so yeah nothing too job <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh uh, mine was very easy too uh, <laughs> how did matthew perry fare oh my god yeah matthew perry, uh it was easy shit i'm a pro gamer what's up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know just just singer um the the I found it very technically impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, this this section, like I think that like like the the jets looked really really good. Like even um well the, just the one jet looked really good. Um, even like little details that like I didn't expect it to be, where you could see the heat coming off of the uh, exhaust. Mm-hmm. I just felt I was like, oh, you know, I realized this is a pretty old game. I was pretty impressed by that, you know, overall. But mm-hmm. uh, generally, you know, pretty easy boss fight for sure. Nothing, nothing too crazy. My performance no. was smooth as butter on the world's most powerful video game console ever, the Beautiful. Xbox Series X. The backwards mm. compatibility enhancements Microsoft made over the Damn. past generation were some of the best <laughs> and worth investing. You have to get one of these things. Uh, that's it for the Matthew Perry. <laughs> we're good. That was incredible. Hell yeah. You love to see oh. it. You love to see it. Oh, man. So... Oh um, man! But then we get one of my favorite parts of this whole playthrough. That um, I definitely Jesus have the clip out on water. and post at some point. But <laughs> I was flipping out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flipping out. I was like, "Yo, my name is Solid the Snake, and I'm the fastest man alive." Straight up, like, mm-hmm. yo, crazy. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, Vamp. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole, Vamp, Vamp. Yeah. So the the fight wraps up. Uh, the Harrier is sinking into the ocean. Uh, Vamp hops out, runs on water. <laughs> um, and as it's going down, you think, like, is this the end for Solidus? But no, Metal Gear Ray shows up, fully operational. You know, they're not they're not stalling. They're not waiting for anything. They got a fully operational anti-Metal Gear Metal Gear out there. And Ocelot's piloting it, and then they just go underwater. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was interesting to see Metal Gear Ray again. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I think all my questions I probably just shouldn't ask and just save for the finale. You know, you can so ask I, them. I can put on the poker face thing now, whatever. <laughs> so you you can't even no, tell. No, I mean smiling. like, I just didn't it, realize like how we're gonna tie to the tanker mission and how it all relates to this. But as they're connecting, I guess I don't really have that many questions. But like, it's just interesting to see like how the tanker mission you know, like seemingly is like a like meta way to throw off the player thinking that you're going to play as Snake this whole game, you know. Uh, very much has like a Metal Gear 
solid one like aesthetic with like the very like you know uh uh mute blues and grays and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know that like it felt very mgs1 to just get your out in sunlight you know you're like literally just doing the complete opposite you're playing as someone else like it's a interesting like meta thing i feel like mm-hmm. um but it, but it's cool seeing how it all ties together and they're a lot more related than like what they seem you know straight up so yeah just uh, interesting the immediate codec call we get here is one where we get those answers about snaking Otacon and philanthropy and uh what we talked about earlier with like covering up the incident liquid's body all that stuff um but we get a lot of back and forth with snake now fully revealed and raiden sort of disagreeing on things like raiden feels very confident in himself he's like i've done 7700 vr missions the simulation trained me for this and then snake's like ah no you, you don't know a single thing and then there's also maybe some tension between colonel and snake i think um colonel interrupts a call and he's like giving raiden new instructions and then he's like right uh colonel this was actually snake don't you know him and he's like don't trust that man or something like that like right like he just seems very hostile towards snake and they never have a direct interaction so well wait snake says don't trust that man no colonel says don't trust snake oh okay because i think he talks about something about like his book also and he's like that that was a lie He's like, I read about your history with Snake in this book. And he's like, that's a damn piece of trash. Don't talk to me about that or Snake. Yeah. So, Jack, how did you read that interaction about Colonel with Snake? Yeah, I was surprised that they really didn't get to uh, engage again mm-hmm. since they had a prior relationship. So, yeah, that was a little strange. Mm. Kevin, I yeah, I hope they do. But, like, also, is it, like... Damn, I wonder if also, I mean, like, I feel like this is probably not Colonel's character, but, like, I wonder if it's, like, Colonel doesn't want to believe, like, that could feasibly be Snake. Like, like Salt Snake, like, homie boy Snake, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, Like, maybe it's a little bit of that, you know? Maybe he's trying to, like, keep up this, like, you know, this, this, like, uh, I guess, like, macho-esque persona of, like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm fucking driving this ship, you know, f- listen to me, yada, da, you know, um, like maybe, maybe something like that, but I don't know. Yeah. There, there does seem to be beef and I'm wondering why. Um, I'm wondering why, you know, we picked this game up, snake and Otacon hanging out best buds. seems like they never skipped a beat since the end of your ending. Kevin does, maybe colonel like in this weird reality does colonel like hate snake because he thinks meryl's dead or something snake failed okay. to save her maybe because you you i maybe... thought go ahead omar okay i thought you were gonna say colonel got jealous because <laughs> you remember <laughs> Metal Solid one uh snake says colonel is his only friend or roy campbell yeah uh, but now yeah. there's a drift in this relationship a new bestie mm-hmm <sighs> Because like, why other? What other reason would he have to like? But Meryl's not. Is Meryl dead for you guys? That's that's no. She hasn't shown up in this no. game. And the the game can't read your Metal Gear Solid One save. I don't know. Yeah, we, yeah. So no, it's yeah. a Telltale game. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hmm. Like we haven't had one reference to Meryl at all this entire game, and I know it's we're focused on Ryan mostly, but 
What do you make of that, Kevin? Kevin's writing, where is Meryl? Yes. The Campbell conspiracy. <laughs> Put it on the board. Whoa. Okay. Also, what? is this the same Campbell of the Campbell's Chicken Noodle soup fame? What's funny, I wrote, what's the beef? <laughs> in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Meryl, question mark. Yeah, that's, that's another thing, too. Yeah, which, hmm. hmm. So... We have a new mm. we have a new objective before we get to our Patriot stump. Um, Jack, walk me through what it was like getting into this building, finding the Nikita, and blowing up the electric floor. Yeah. So immediately after that code, I call you have to navigate over to the shell two. Yeah. And I would be surprised if you guys did not die, <laughs> because I feel like you kind of have to die on the way there. Did you guys? encounter a couple deaths yes. so many the platforming right like it's yeah. impossible yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, impossible surprisingly i feel like i die from errors way more like because there is yeah. that one point where there is that huge gap and your only way to cross it is to do the cartwheel jump i was mm. completely fine on that it was everything else just like walking through this place i was kept yeah. messing up so there was at first if you wanted to there was a ration by the stair that you would use to Mm-hmm. Uh, hide from the Harrier, but it was like a, a rickety thing, and like if you stepped on it for too long, it would fall apart. I tried like at least five times to get that ration, and then I was like, too much. Um, you drop down to the big pipe, there's a ration behind you that you can get, which I would always attempt to get. It's pretty easy, you just walk up and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the very end, there's uh, bird poop, of course, because that's funny. And... <laughs> <laughs> if you walk on it too fast, you'll slip and die. Um, so you got to be careful about the bird poop. And then you jump across. Uh, I wanted to get up on the part to the left. Me too. Use the coolant. And as soon as you jump up to the right, there's a fire that starts. And then you use the coolant to diffuse it, uh, to disting- or, uh, extinguish it. And you could try to jump across, but it never extinguishes. So... I think that's blocked off for now, unless I was being dumb. Are you guys using the phone? Are you picking up those calls? Yeah, yeah I've only had like two, I think. Same. But... Yeah, uh, but I think you get a call there to put out the flames, right? For the, that, right. what happens to get to the ration? I think so. Yeah, like the one that on the series that Jack mentioned. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The like cell phone, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that sends you mean? emails? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it sends emails. Yeah, I. It rang. Well, like it buzzed my controller once when I was doing the Nikita part, but I didn't catch it. Like I didn't get to look at it. Um, yeah, it it took me a while. Chat was very very gracious with me. You know, I was I was blessed with the chat. Um, they were like, because I was trying, so I was shooting all of the panels. Right, I got four of them. I was like, okay, so all I could see. You know, let's just let's just go, and it wasn't happening. I was like, oh man, what's What's up, right? So, um, uh, I got one that was like way downtown, like way up my hand. It got really close to the camera. That looks weird. Like way, way over there. Um, but then I didn't realize there was one on the drone. I was trying to pistol snipe this one from the drone. They were like, "That's that's not gonna work either, Kev. Mm-hmm. You gotta find the old PSG one, made famous from Black Ops One. You know." So, um, uh. They didn't tell me directly where it was, but they're like, hey, maybe go back to strut F. Perhaps it's somewhere in that warehouse, mm-hmm. you know? I was like, okay. I, all right. So I did that. Got it. 
Um, I also got a grenade launcher that I haven't used yet, but yeah. I do have that. Um, uh, I have not, I have not y- used it yet, but I, but I got it there. And then we had to, um, yeah, then we slapped the one on, on the drone and then we were, we were good to go. Yeah. But wait, I forget. You do the platforming stuff before you get to that point, right? No, that was, that was before the Harrier fight. Um, but we, we never talked about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, fuck that part, part. If I may say, yeah, yeah, fuck that, that, yeah. Part. that takes that part that takes ass. forever. And then of I, course there's the, there's the one behind you. There's the one over by the birds, which both of those are hidden. And then of course there's the one behind the flag. Um, so that you you have to shoot through to do. Those are yours only, I think, Jack. Because I think yeah, Jack. Those, those are, are randomized on difficulties. Not randomized, oh, but yeah, yeah, it's fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, let's change. Yeah. No, because I looked yeah, at the we, video during it, and then I'm, the guy was like, "Okay, shoot this one by the flag," and I was like, "I don't see one here." <laughs> but yeah, that's um, what chat was saying too. Yeah, like they're saying, "Yo, by the flag." I'm like, "Bro, I, yeah, I don't know what you're talking uh, about." That's so strange. I had a, I had a thermal scope, and that was even difficult because there were just so many of them, and there were mm-hmm. birds around too. And I'm like, I don't want to shoot these birds, but like, mm-hmm. it's getting real hard to figure out where these are. Yeah, I. I think it might have like bugged for me the first time because I went through and I shot every like I shot like all I think there's like maybe seven I shot all of them and like I was spending like five minutes searching everywhere and I looked it up to see what the cross reference stuff was and I did not see a single one I took a step blew up game over did it again shot all the exact same ones and then I was able to do, get the cutscene and all stuff so like I don't I don't know what happened the first time but yes that was a little frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um. The one behind the behind you is the most frustrating, I think. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> like that's that's just a big f you to the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. <laughs> so when we get to Strut L, and we for, that's where we listen to Olga's call. I didn't really have any highlights from that conversation. Clearly, like she's got some suspicions about the people she's trusting, but there wasn't anything of note really. Getting the Nikita. Did you guys get the night vision goggles as well? Yes. No. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? Negative. It's as, very hidden. Yeah. Okay. As as far I, as I'm aware, no. Mm-hmm. It's no. like it's, it's like in the depths where you have to swim, and it's like in a very very dark corner where I didn't even see it. I just swam into it, and I was Me like, too. "Oh, whoops, cool." Yeah, because I explored that underwater thing earlier than I was supposed to. I think because mm. um, you know I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything, and then I stumbled into the night vision goggles, and then I got um. Stillman's body uh, popped out at me. Yeah, and I'm sure that happened for you guys also because we have to go through that room. But it happened to me early, and I was like, "Oh, whoa, <laughs> surprising!" Did okay. it trigger a cutscene early that early, Christian? Like, uh, like the um, did it cut to that Stillman camera, or um, I opened the or door was floating there. Okay, and he just floated out, and Ryden jumped, and then I, yeah, I think that was it. Okay, all right, all right. So I hate the underwater section with a passion. I hate it. Really? I hate it. I think I need to look into my settings. Is there a way to re-invert the controls to be normal? Probably, underwater? I don't know. Which I'm just I'm like, I doubt it. You know? Like, I'd be shocked if you could. That's been throwing me off. Okay? I, I, I don't... Nah. Down is down, and up is up. I don't know what to tell you people. That's it. You know? I don't... Like, you gotta go up to go down? No. No, it's not. It's not. It's not stick, working for me. No. Stick in the back of the head, Kevin. Yep. Yeah, and like, yeah, like, and like, and I get that it's 
it works like that in real physics, but it's it's nah. It's you, using a tripod. That's what you got. Just think of it that way. Wait, what? Use a tripod. If you t if you're using a tripod and you're holding the grip and you push up the camera. Yeah, goes down. yeah, yeah. Like I like I like I get the whole like stick in the back of the head thing, like yeah. and that whole notion, but nah. <laughs> I mean, well, thankfully, it's like not it. super long. Like there are those two bombs you have to avoid, but uh. But now I'm afraid that next week I'm gonna have to take um Emma back through that way again, right? We'll and see. hopefully talk her into swimming or or something, you know? Perhaps. But before so, we're directed to go through there, we do get the Nikita. Um, I'm assuming since Jack, you and I had the night vision goggles, we used the um. This might have also been Omar. One of the phone calls I got. Um, they were like, "Hey." Go in the dark room with your night vision goggles, and you'll have a much easier time of blowing up this reactor that the president is standing in front of. Because um, there was a vent in there that basically made it a straight shot without having to navigate the room and accidentally kill the president. So it was much easier for me because I could see that with the night vision. Oh. Yeah, that somewhat helped. Um, when I did that, I made sure to go in like the lounge and like knock like a madman to get him to like yeah. go to that wall and be like, mm -hmm. "Stay there, because I'm about to bomb your room." Um, did that work? And then I went to that room and used the night vision. Yeah, I kind of like just finessed it. the rocket around him. Yeah, he like in my stream, he like did like this random like barrel roll jump in the air. <laughs> it, it was cra like like he dodged it like crazy. I was like, bro, what? <laughs> You oh. just want to be like, duck, dude, there's a <laughs> rocket. <laughs> uh, did you hit him at all? Any of you guys hit the president? I did. No. Yeah, the same. I think he was fine, right? He didn't the game over. Oh, a game like, over for me. Hit. Oh, I think I, I think he took one hit for me. And then, Interesting. And then was a dud. I did it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do. I do want to see how they do these slow moving rockets in the movie. Like if they, if, like if they do, I really want to see. Like, are they gonna do just like a slow ass rocket? I can't wait. They have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I believe this was what we were alluding to earlier about the longer cutscene because, yes, we roll up. Uh, Raiden comes into this room to rescue the president immediately gets groped and then we start off our <laughs> our journey about you're a man huh yeah 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 that was quite interesting um presidential yeah was, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> correct it, it really is presidential these yeah. days yeah i was like huh i was like damn okay all right definitely uh made my privacy but you know we can mm -hmm. keep it going let's let's you yeah. so talk about patriots yeah similar to the the breakdown with Ames, I have a bunch of notes that were like highlights of this conversation. Um, would you like me to run through them and then we can just talk about the grander what's going on here? Yes, sure. please. Okay. So, first thing, obviously, you're a man. Uh, next thing. <laughs> the, the Patriots control everything. President Johnson is a pawn of the Patriots. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved this quote. He said, do you actually believe public opinion influences the government? Yeah, that I I had to take a minute mm -hmm. to to let that kind of mellow in and then yeah. just keep going. Yeah, mm -hmm. that one. Yeah, yeah, big fan of that line. Um, <laughs> then we we start breaking down what's going on with the Patriots, right? So the Patriots, uh, nobody knows who they are, but it is a order comprised of twelve men. Again, I think this is Kojima being like, I saw 12 Angry Men. Um, 
They are known Total as apostles, bro. Yeah, they're known as the Wiseman's Committee. I really hammered it on that check. <laughs> um, so Solidus is actually the former president that was acting, overseeing the invasion of uh, Shadow Moses. He is President George Sears. Solidus made Rex, you know, because again, we learned in Metal Gear Solid 1 that uh, President Sears uh, ordered the construction of Metal Gear Rex without the approval of anybody else, um, as well as the Genome Soldiers, which liquid brainwash or whatever um, in Metal Gear Solid 1 to, you know, do that revolution on the island. Um, Solidus, after he was removed from office when Metal Gear and Shadow Moses went public, uh, was able to scoop up Dead Cell, who also sort of had a falling out around the same time as Sears was fired or impeached or whatever it was. Solidus wanted revenge on the Patriots for removing him from power because he was like, I have my own free will. I can be better than them. I'm a descendant of the legendary big boss. I want outer heaven. Um, so Solidus, George Sears, goes into hiding uh, because he wants to plot his revenge and his main goal is survive against the Patriots because they're hunting him. Then it is revealed that Big Shell is a Metal Gear. We touched on this earlier, but it is Arsenal Gear. Big Shell is a cover-up. It was all a ploy. The tanker spill was intentional it was a dummy tanker there were no oils on there just so they could make a marketing scheme the patriots could construct or whoever in charge was in charge of it could construct um big shell uh so they could actively develop arsenal gear underwater in the meantime metal gear ray was mass produced uh, we have an army of Metal Gears, basically, that are supposed to be anti-Metal Gear deterrents. So they still function as Metal Gear. They have nukes equipped, but they're supposed to be forces to stop Metal Gear. Um, the president says, it's ironic, and I thought of Palpatine. Um, but there's another layer to Arsenal Gear besides nuclear power. Arsenal Gear has a program in it that would allow whoever's in control of it control over the media and just public perception, algorithms, basically creating the news, creating world events. Arsenal Gear has two functions. It functions as a, this very advanced computer to manipulate media as well as being stocked with nuke after nuke after nuke. <laughs> um, the ultimate weapon. Yes. And the, the software is called Project GW, I believe. Those were all my polls from that entire back and forth. We can talk about that before we talk about Ocelot showing up. How does it feel? We have a brand new Metal Gear. What's Kevin? I saw you writing some stuff down. Do you want to start there? What are you What are you taking notes on? We have a lot here, gentlemen. We have a lot here. Okay, you. So we can. So Solidus Snake mm -hmm. 
former president. Yes. Mr. Right. President from the post-credits. Right. Exactly. All, yes, Mr. President, yeah. Also looks like Snake and also looks like Liquid. Is that correct? Um, I think, Christian, the biology major that you were, uh, talking about uh, recessive genes right. and whatnot, I think... I think he he doesn't look like uh, those two because he has a different type of gene, um, I, but I, he is like the best of them all, right? I, he looks like him. He looks like I Snake. Think. He definitely looks like Snake, just older. Um, Holy fucking shit! But I, I think <laughs> the idea was that with Les Enfants Terribles, uh, they created liquids so they could create Solid Snake and be the perfect mm. version. So like all the bad things they put into liquid. But Solidus was done after the fact because he wasn't part of that twin duo set. They were like, okay, now we have all this stuff we learned. Now we're going to do another one <laughs> that can just be the best of everything. The true, right. like, actual one-to-one clone of Big Boss, essentially. Like, I-, I think it's implied that Solid Snake looks exactly like Big Boss because that's the genes that Liquid was talking about. But Solidus has the strength, the physicality, the looks... He is basically the living, breathing recreation of Big Boss. So yes, they do have a similar, they have a shared similarity in their physical appearance. I think they made an intentional choice to give him the white hair, just so it's like not too confusing. But I'm sure that's the exact same face model as Snake. Then I don't know if this holds up. Never mind. Oh, fuck. I don't know. It's called the eye patch theory, gentlemen. Here we go. Solidus gets his eye hurt in this fight. Yes. Okay. Now, MGS5. One of the things I do know. Wait. Ha- Are you sure he you has an eye patch? All right. He, he has an okay. eye patch. I have seen screenshots. Mm-hmm. He also has a fake arm. He also has a fake arm. Mm. Eye patch a lot of, fake lot arm. of arms going on. Okay, it's like it's Star Wars over here. Holy shit. She's truly so, for the MC. Yeah. Solidus looks like OG Snake and Liquid. MGS5 also has a controversial different voice actor. Right? Then now I'm thinking more and more. Is there a reason? Like, is there a reason, gentlemen? Like, is there more of a reason to that than just that, oh, yeah, oh, it hurts my throat to make this make? No, I bet there's more. I bet there's a reason. But so okay, so 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 worth bringing up too. But the, uh, mm-hmm. Solidus uh, is a different voice actor once again. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. We didn't exactly. So, so Solidus. You know, Jack, I'm not sure, but I'm out I'm out I'm out somewhere in the desert. Like I'm out here. Gotcha. You know. Mm-hmm. Um I think you're getting ahead of yourself. To be well, honest, I'm, I'm having fun though. So let's, listen, yeah, what you know what? Here? I thought that the arm thing was ahead of myself, but okay. So okay, so we, so this is called the okay. Um, damn, Kevin there's a lot here. There's a lot. So Solidus is the one that contracted Metal Gear Rex, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then, how does that play in? I. He, this gentleman's suspicious. I, that's He's good. suspicious on a on a level that I think might go beyond 
this game. Interesting. I'll say this, Kevin. Uh, I said it before. Uh, Kojima thought this would be his last Metal Gear Solid game. Okay. 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 Hmm. Stew on that. Yeah, I don't know, gentlemen. I don't know. But this one's the most exciting one that we've opened today. Um, Very nice. Jack, hearing mm-hmm. this ultimate weapon, as you called it, uh, I, again, we talked a lot about Metal Gear Solid 1, sort of having this really interesting critique about the military. Um, here, we're really getting into why I think people look back on Metal Gear Solid 2 as being a game hugely ahead of its time because again this is 2001 takes place in 09 they're talking about how the way to control the population is through manipulating media um in ways that to my knowledge i hadn't seen much other uh media that existed around this time that touches on those similar things it's very much like a y2k thing or they're doing a nuclear power thing as a way to control the world but this is what to my from what i've seen this is one of the earlier things where they're talking about media manipulation um facebook stuff you know yeah so like of course we got real world examples of that actually happening in the 20th century with um the ussr or the nazis of you know you you control um even the united states like propaganda Mm -hmm. um you control the message, you control what people think. But I think this game was um, more like focusing on the idea of controlling online information. Mm-hmm. Um, where in the fact that like the 1990s, the proliferation of the internet was like really booming and people were actually starting to use that, but it wasn't used in the same way now where that's where you get your information. Um, but it it seems like you're right, like Metal Gear Solid 2 is a little bit ahead of the curve where Kojima maybe is seeing the seeds of, hey, this is where things are headed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's really interesting that this game is like, if you control the internet and you control what people think and you control the dissemination of information, um, you you control pretty much everything of course we live in a time of disinformation um so it is it's it's very bizarre going back and playing this game and seeing that because it, it's hard it's hard not to think of the present when you play this game mm. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, for sure i do think it's very interesting that in you know the sequel to this game that is just very critical about nuclear warfare that we have presumably the biggest metal gear yet and the primary function that this uh, terror group is trying to use it for is a non-lethal attack over Manhattan that's just going to spread out these EMMA waves to crash the stock market and crash everything so the Patriots can just... Uh, or well, No, so Solidus can remove the Patriots' grasp over... Solidus wants to buy GameStop. That's what he's trying yeah, to Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. So I, I do think it's interesting, though, that we are doing this, such a drastic shift. We're kind of, again, messing with expectations of like, oh, it's not about nuclear warfare now. It's about using nukes for something un- they're not intended for to just like disrupt the Internet and take control over the Internet and take it away from who is in charge for their own means. I, I heard something. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. No, I was, I was done. Uh, okay. I heard that scientists had to make thousands of calculations to create the atomic bomb and determine its effects. Computers and atomic bombs, both products of World War II, grew up together. Did you guys hear this? I did. Mm. Okay. What's that about? It, and Christian, you said that uh, last week uh, the computer destroyed the podcast, right? You, yeah. <laughs> Is the pen mightier than the Holy sword? Shit. <laughs> Holy shit. You're, Yo. Omar, you're ruining the illusion. It was all Yo. ploy. It was all just to get even meta with the podcast. <laughs> no! <laughs> Kevin, what, what's going through your head right now? What's up? Talk to us. I don't... I don't... Listen, there's a lot here. Um, this game's fucking awesome. Yeah. I just have a lot. I just have a lot, guys. I thought so. Like, I don't know, like, really, which thread is gonna be a coherent. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like, boom, bow. There you go. You know. Um, but I do find it very like unsettling. You know, like how just the way they talk about information and like the way they control it and everything um and like it's it's interesting how arsenal gear is gonna facilitate both of those things like not only like it's gonna it or, or like has the ability to control and control information which thus controls the public opinion mm-hmm. right um and then also from like a physical standpoint like bring about outer heaven you know right um i think like both those things are like super interesting um and and like correct me if i'm wrong right so like and oh also like i think like it was cool how um sears was was talking about like you know his main like motivations of working with the terrorist was to establish more control which is like okay yeah mm-hmm. like that's uh, gotcha um but also how you know, he wanted to be within the Patriots. And then uh, he was told, like, essentially, like, you know, uh, pawns don't become players, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, like, that was, like, a really interesting thing, like, that I think low-key ties into, like, <laughs> the current GameStop stuff where, you know, all of a sudden, like, when when a quote-unquote pawn, you know, does player moves, all of a sudden, that's the worst thing in the world from the players' perspectives. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. So I find all that very interesting. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting Kevin, stuff. Yes. You just said that you found some of this unnerving in a way. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think that hits the nail on the head for me too. I, I feel like this game or Kojima when he wants to. Uh, this game really feels like a horror thing sometimes to me. Yeah. Like. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Omar. Because, like, I, I, I think I might have said this maybe to you one time. Like, I feel like there's a very understated level of horror throughout this entire series. Uh just in the way that it is so ridiculous. But the thing is, it's it's like real in in certain yeah. aspects, right? And like, when it does get real, it doesn't stand out. It's like, oh. There's all this ridiculous shit going on, but then there's this thing that's like, oh, wait, no, that's, like, a real thing. And then, like, you don't question it because it's in that world, and then you're like, wait, if if that's real in that world, and it's real in this, like, that's just creepy. And I think it persists I, through all of these, but here specifically, you're right. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think this is the most the one that shines the most, but um, for sure, the entire series almost like I think the very the game is has this very good balance of tone, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's so good at making you feel comfortable for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when it wants to get creepy and weird, it, it just hits <laughs> like obviously in the first game, there's like uh, some of that psychomanta stuff, which works for others and maybe not the rest. But like, you, you know, mm-hmm. it's. It sets your expectations up in a way to uh, carefully play with them often, I think. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for next week's episode. Hell yeah. Uh, so, any final thoughts on the interaction with the president before he gets shot dead? Yeah, he's assassinated. Yeah. <laughs> I think I I did not think they were they were going to do it. I was like, yeah, okay, like, all right, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, the gun's point. Okay, sure. And then he fucking does. Like, wait, holy shit. <laughs> they really do. He also yeah. wants to die. Yeah, because yeah. there's the activation with Arsenal gear, like the president's vitals need to be checked every hour. And for some reason, they only need to do it twice, I think. Um, but yeah, he's like, if you kill me now, it's, uh, you they can't check in. And then Raiden doesn't want to do it, but then all of a sudden... Revolver Ocelot playing 40 chess comes out and just shoots him and it's like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, why would he do that though? He, he said like, do you really think that this is the only way we can activate Arsenal gear? It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he th- There's a, the implication that there's like a backdoor key. Mm-hmm. There's a different way of activating it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, but loose ends. Why still kill him then? Tie up loose ends. Damn, that's cold. That's cold. That's cold. That's ice cold. That's cold. Did oh, they man. say um, about this Arsenal, uh, this thing Arsenal Gear has, like the computer stuff? Did they talk about yeah, what Project it's called? GW. Okay. That's what they call it. GW. Yes. And cool. um, I think this is like the president's dying words because like Ocelot just shoots him, says basically doesn't do a single thing to harm Raiden. And he was like, I think he said, like, you are move carrier boy, which what? What is he carrying? <laughs> you um, move carrier boy? I think so. I th- And like, I wrote down, is he carrying Foxeye? Why is he carrier boy? What's up? Well, I think we've been dancing around it, but there's a lot of references to information. Yeah. Carrier now. Mm-hmm. I think Kojima is a big fan of Wayne Knight, specifically in <laughs> Seinfeld. Where, oh, I think of course... No, of course, Newman, the mail carrier, says when you control the mail, you control information. And I really think that's what this whole game is based off of, that one line. Yeah. Of course, of course, the superior 1990s, uh, you know, it's comedy sitcom uh, show more than Friends. Yes. Shot the sign. I all agree on that. Yeah, when um in the tanker episode when uh, Otacon is uh, uploading that virus or not, what is he doing? That's the he's down uploading the pictures. Yes, yeah, and uh, that was straight up just Jurassic Park to me, (laughs) where it's like, (laughs) um, what's that? I can't remember what the thing looks like, but Mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's my new favorite theory about Metal Gear Solid. I think. It works, you know? Yeah. Kojima's very influenced by the media he loves. I'm sure he's a big Cyclops yeah. fan. <laughs> There's actually a book coming out this year that I just saw on Amazon the other day where it's like uh, Kojima's talking about his... Uh, you saw it? Yeah, the Kojima's talking about his influences and stuff. 
Yeah, and... there, yeah, there's that Kojima book. Um, I think it's being translated into English. I, oh, I, I will pick that up. It sounds excellent. Maybe a, a side quest episode for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as Ocelot walks out, Ryan's just kind of there, like, what the fuck happened? And then um, I, the president <laughs> looks up to him. Uh, he gives him a disc that's like, hey, it, this is based off Fox Die. It can wipe out. Um, but it's like a digital version of Fox Die. Uh, for some reason, they're calling it the same thing. But the intent here, rather than being programmed biologically to kill things, it's a it's a computer program that can kill Project GW and preventing Solidus from uh, going against the Patriots. Because we talked about how Johnson, the president, was like, I want to go against the Patriots also. That's why I'm helping. But he sort of realized that the Patriots were needed and Solidus disrupting that is going to just destroy the world as it's known. So he's like, okay, we need this. Use this disc. Find Emma Emmerich. She's the one that's going to let you do this. She's going to be able to figure this out. Bring this to her. She's de- she's wherever she is in this base. Um, and we have a new key card, basically. Well, not a key card, but an, an info disc with a program that um, I guess is called Fox Die. Is that, are they just making the comparison or is that a program called Fox Die? Do we know? Uh, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was called Fox Die, to be honest. I thought it was called something else. Because he specifically says it's based off of Fox Die. So I don't yeah. know. That's all. Yeah, that's all he says. I don't think it's called that, but the implication that I feel like it's the digital version yeah. of Fox Eye. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we Did get a lot of comparisons. I don't know. I don't think so. I thought they okay. gave it a name, but I honestly forgot. I honestly forgot. So. Hmm. Um, I, I believe also we get a call from Snake and Otacon here to just tee up expectations for Emma. And Bryden's like, asks Snake about the Patriots and Arsenal gear. He's like, did you know about this? And Snake's just like, you never asked. And then just move on. <laughs> Do we also get the Emma doesn't like to swim yes. part? Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Omar, run us through. Did, yeah, I was going to remind me about that. This. Did they say it? Do, are we, oh, they said this in this episode? The swimming this pool. This is like the pool. Yeah, okay. Part. Doesn't. All right. Isn't. Um... Otacon is sleeping with Emma's mother while Emma... Wait, no? Did they say this, Christian? <laughs> I don't they, think so. They say... I'll, I'll, well, they say that uh, Otacon was in his room and he heard Emma in the pool. Uh-huh. And he was like, I was doing... And then he doesn't like explain what. I assumed the implication was that he was uh, having a little Jack- solo Jacking time. off? Yeah, oh, that's what I thought. Might be right, that's what I, I thought. Was, what? No, yeah, you're right. He was because he looked man, shameful. He was like, I think he said he was yeah. on his computer or something. He's like, I heard her, but I was like, Oh, or something. right, yeah. right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I thought the yeah. same thing, Jack. That's what I thought in my head. When I was saying that. Well, that I was like, is that me just being me, or is that <laughs> <laughs> just that Kojima no. being trying to be funny? Okay, jerking and... off. I think from what I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering like, bro, like why didn't you just like save your sister? Like was you, because you know? well, I mean I mean, yeah, save your sister. His hands. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I'm sure we we can all understand that predicament absolutely. Because you know I, what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a task at hand. I think the thing that uh, traumatized precisely. her was <laughs> 
she was in the pool with their father. Is that what's happening? And then her father started drowning and died in the pool. And then she was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, and she, because she was very young, she couldn't do anything to save him. And then, like, seeing that happen, Otacon's like, I let my dad die and I ruined my sister's life because she had to see this happen. That's where his guilt is. I totally boxed that out because I was just thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I was like, are they talking about this? Apparently. Apparently so. Um, So that's insane. That is a wild story. Yeah. Imagine, oh, my dad died because I was busy uh, up in my room. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty disturbing, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, so because of that, we have our expectations painted. Kevin, you brought this up about the water section that potentially next week we're going to have to kick off escorting Emma through the water and she hates swimming and she can't swim. She's terrified of the water, so. You see, I- like, ah, dude, I feel like that's going to be like a really annoying mechanic. It's probably going to be something really stupid, you know? I mean, like, I, I know, yeah. I know that Omar knows, right? But I'm expecting like some really dumb mechanic that's gonna be like really stupid. Yeah, and like having to somehow like, I bet I have to stop at every like you know air air thing, mm. you know bubble thing, and like mm. talk her down from freaking out. Like, hey, we're gonna go to the next one. It's okay. Don't even worry about it. Uh, some music plays, whatever. Like, I bet it's gonna be something like that. You know. So, Kevin, you're telling yes. me not only do we get an underwater section in this game, mm. which mm-hmm. is vastly criticized across gaming, uh, which which meddling. they do poke at as well, like metal, so, like in the game. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. like oh, an underwater level. Mm-hmm. So we're not only getting an underwater <laughs> level. Do yeah. you think we're getting an underwater escort level? I do. I do. I do think so. I do. Yes, I do. I don't Whole, think I wholeheartedly, noticed... Wholeheartedly, we're going to get an escort mission underwater. Yes. I don't wow. think I noticed that they said, or Raiden is, um, he kind of scoffs at a, at the underwater level. Uh, I know that we have brought lost stuff us a couple of times, but that kind of feels reminiscent of Ellie being mad like, uh, another pallet thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good call. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Uh, I'll say I I didn't mind the swimming in Metal Gear Solid too. I think it's at first, especially for the time. I think it's one of the better swimming systems. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It hasn't bothered me too much. But also, I think it looks nice and pretty when the sun's coming in. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't didn't. Know. I didn't really experience difficulty with it. Uh, it definitely feels this type of way. You got to like figure it out. But it didn't take. It took me like ten seconds. I was like, "Okay, this is it." Um, and whenever I was swing, swimming past the mines, I just kind of like hugged a corner far away from them. And I was fine. Yeah. But we get through that. Uh, we're looking pretty tepidly next week about that room again. But before we do any of that, we have to face off against Vamp in this. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were about to roll into an ad read. <laughs> no idea what. Before we get to that, yeah. let's talk to our sponsors. So we got sponsors. Sponsor us. Yeah. We gotta fight Vamp in maybe like one of my favorite rooms so far. Just like science wise, he's like the water is so dense that if you step on this, you're never gonna be able to swim up or something like that. Like it's so weird. And I love it. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. So this Vamp fight. Let's talk about it. I 
I want to know if this lived up to Kevin's expectate, like very high expectations of amp of vamp because I remember you were pretty stoked about the possibility of fighting vamp. Yeah, it's not a bad boss fight. I do wish it was a little bit more. You know, I do wish it was like a little more, like just something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, like again, yeah, like it's not bad, but like you're just shooting at him, which like originally i thought because i was picking up like so there was a room in like the f warehouse where i got like a ton of c4 i was like okay like i'm probably gonna have to blow vamp up like okay like that you know because as far as i'm aware the bullets don't work right he clearly yeah like he was knocked out for a little bit but like he he lived you know from having a bullet go through his head right Mm -hmm. and it's still there so I was thinking, okay, like that's maybe the game's way of telling me, okay, bullets aren't gonna work, but then they do, and it's just like a essentially just a oh, dodge his like knives or whatever, and wait till he comes out of the water, pretty much, and just spray, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely strange because they do make it a big point to be like, hey, the bullet clearly like I think Jack in our last episode he compared him to Logan with his like powers, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I I think it's interesting because, like, the implication, I the way I took it was, like, you're not actively killing him. You're just making him tired to the point where, like, you, you, you hit him in a way that was, I guess, lucky with his shot on him before. You hit him like that again, but this time he's in this water that's, like, incredibly strong. So, like, he loses his control over his superhuman ability for a moment, and then he just gets sucked in. So it takes care of it for you. Can I ask a question? Like, uh, I'm going to ask it. I'm sorry. I don't know why I asked that. But, uh, look, did you guys explore Strut F enough? Like, I I, I did a I did a, a decent bit. Yeah, I mean, wow. Okay. I, yeah. Did I, any of you guys I, pick up the garlic? The what? Get what? The garlic? There's garlic <laughs> in Strut I, F? No. There's garlic? Yeah. No. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh, if you bring fuck. him to the vampire, he dies in like one shot. You just gotta bring him down, and then <laughs> you have the garlic and rub it on him, and then he's like, "That's it." None of you guys that's have that great. That's amazing. That's fucking great. I never knew that. Is that a joke? No, no, it's serious. <laughs> that's fucking where, dumb. Where Holy is that? Shit. Yeah, I thought I rated all of that armory in Strut yeah, F. Uh, uh, you got me. It's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. <laughs> We, we would have gone still. to our graves thinking that was <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we would have been like scouring the internet be like no 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 we, we have our dude he knows this <laughs> yeah Metal Gear Solid expert oh my, I was about to google it bro That's you know so it's funny. me spreading misinformation Metal Gear Solid 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, man. That's amazing though um, That would have been great Yeah and I think this is another instance of you know we're playing these games. Jack's playing it on normal, but the rest of us are easy or very easy. Um, I think this is probably an instance of the fight not being incredible because when you play it on higher difficulties, you will have more tension. It will last longer. It will be much more like of a nail biter. Um, again, I used the trank pistol the whole time, so like it was very underwhelming. It took like maybe eight shots, maybe. I, dude, I wonder if you used lethal on vamp. Would that count towards your kill? thing i don't know like yeah he is a vampire like how i'm playing i'm killing bosses but i'm not killing like regular enemies sure yeah i'm Mm -hmm. just tranking them Mm -hmm. 
Um, I this I I agree with Kevin. I feel like I would have wanted a little bit more yeah. from this fight because it really boils down to. And I called. I do the thing as I always do. I always call on the codec, like immediately when the boss f- start, fight starts. And I got nothing from anyone. It was mostly just like, "Hey, he anticipates your shots, so don't use like the the lock on uh, when you're shooting." So mostly it was me going up in the right hand corner, um, ducking underneath. Uh, there's like guardrails that have like a little barrier. Ducking underneath those, popping up. He would throw the knives. I would duck underneath those in first person, which is super easy, and then just pop up and shoot him with the trank, and then avoid the water. And that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of strategy to this one and it was mostly just waiting for the right opportunity to strike um fairly easy he's like a damage dealer of course which is the opposite of fat man um but yeah it's mostly just waiting for the good moment to shoot him and yeah not really a whole lot to this one it's, i i kind of thought it was a little disappointing given the setup to how he's practically invulnerable yeah I was just shocked, like, like even on stream, like, oh, like, I have to just shoot him? Like, that's that's kind of boring. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I would have to blow him up or something. Yeah, but... Yeah, Jack, I remember when we were playing Metal Gear Solid 1, you brought up um, doing the Coda calls in boss fights, and I didn't do that until you mentioned it, and then I was doing it every time since then. But in this game, I don't know what it is, but... Have any of you been, like, willingly just popping the codec open and then calling people? Because I used to do that in the first game. Like, I was walking down a hall, and I'd be like, I'll call Miller, see if he has anything. Or I'll call Nastasha. Like, yeah, I like, haven't done that once here. Maybe once or twice. Like, I think I called Campbell a couple times just because I was like, I missed that, and I wanted more of it. But I, I doing, I'm doing a way less. Right. Um. It. Well, you get the sense that it's mostly just snake campbell and rose because stillman still has a slot on your codec and he's dead yeah um and just like in metal gear solid one with deep throat you have mr x and anytime you call them they almost never answer so you really only have like the two options plus snake who i feel like snake doesn't answer too too often so yeah i'm with you I, i i don't Usually, anytime I entered a new area, I would use the codec and call someone, but I'm not really as uh, incentivized this go-around. Um, are you were, though? Yeah, I, I, I just been calling people. Uh, um, why are you guys not into it as much as Metal Gear Solid? Just because there's less people here to call? I, or, I yeah. Think or, it, yeah, I think it's that. And also, like, Jack, you brought up how Snake, like, it feels like he's 50-50 on if he answers. Um mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like every time I call Campbell, he's just, like, reiterating what the mission objective is at the moment. Like, I never get any, like, fun thing yeah. from him. And then my only other option is, like, I can call Rose, but I'd have to save. And I don't, like, I don't need to save right now. So. Sure, sure. I don't um, know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just, I just find myself not calling anyone, like, unless I'm stuck. You know, then I'll give a call to Campbell or whatever. But I think, I think it probably does probably like have to do with like you just have less people to call in mm-hmm. general in MGS two. So probably that's a bit of a reason why. But I don't know. 
And I feel like they're calling me all the time. So it's like, yo, I don't even want to really call you, honestly. Like, you're calling me so much. It's like, I, I'd i be shocked if you had anything else to say to me, to be honest. Since yeah. you call me every other, like, three minutes, you know? That's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird because I know in the first game it was such a cool feature that I was doing constantly. But now I feel like I don't need to do that because I don't think I'm missing anything. But I feel like I should be missing stuff because I'm not. You know, it's like a weird, I don't know what to do about it, but... Uh, so that's the end of the vamp fight. Um, he gets drowned by vamp. Probably not coming back from that. That's a pretty, pretty dire situation to be in. Um, it's in that dense water. Yeah, the water has no buoyancy. Yeah, <laughs> and it turns red too with like the blood. Very yeah. Red. Even even yeah, after you drank him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where we save. So Emma's in the next room in the locker room. Uh, next week we're going to be picking up with her there so I guess that's the end of the episode uh, we can do our normal run through uh, you know final thoughts on this week predictions for next week because next week we're finishing the game next week's Indeed. the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 I'm so um, yeah we'll do final thoughts on this week predictions for the finale and plugging what we want to plug Jack you're the Borks Day boy go ahead what's up <laughs> I am the birthday boy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so, obviously, without spoiling, I I know where we're going with this game. I just I'm realizing I'm forgetting how we get there. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like we get most of everything that we need to know going into the finale. Obviously, I don't remember how we get to that point, but I'm I'm really really invested in to see how we get there. Um, I think all of my qualms with the game in the first and second episodes uh, of this have largely disappeared. I I think I was annoyed with dying so much in the initial part of this game, but I think that's kind of a mechanic of this game. Like, it's almost like pointing fun at you and and having a laugh with the player. Um, So I've kind of expected that at this point, and... Uh, some of my gameplay issues have been ironed out where it, everything's just sort of smooth at this point uh, now that you're accruing all this weaponry. Um, but yeah, as for story stuff, um, looking forward to that. You can follow me uh, on social media, however, at Fascinated Jack. Uh, Christian and I will be reviewing, and it will have already gone up, uh, the finale of WandaVision, which you can check that out at Excelsior on JoyClicks. Very nice. Uh, Omar, since you already beat the game, um yeah. i guess final thoughts on the portion we discussed today uh and as spoiler free as you can if you can't no worries what you're excited to like maybe hear about next week from us i guess okay um you know i'll say i love metal gear solid 2 i don't think i've said this before because i didn't want to set people's expectations but we're getting into it now, and I just want to say it. This is my favorite video game of all time. It's really what the fuck? Yeah, and oh, uh, shit. a large part of that will happen will be revealed next week, I think. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys think of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you specifically, Kevin. Uh, I'm gonna watch your stream that day oh, you do it. I'm, so I'm gonna be there the whole mm-hmm. time. I'm very uh, excited. Very excited. Yeah, and I hope me by saying that isn't uh, adjusting expectations wrong but i just no, wanted to 
it's been on my chest i <laughs> i love this game i really do mm-hmm. um yeah uh it's been a real pleasure being here for metal gear solid 2 <laughs> i will say that uh i have a twitch channel uh ohm is a chef uh, I play Genshin Impact now. I blow thousands of dollars every week on that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Thank you for the plug. Very nice. Uh, Kevin. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. You're going into this with only the knowledge that you've gained from playing this game at this point. Uh, final thoughts on the journey of Metal Gear Solid 2 so far. Uh, what you're expecting for the finale. Maybe things that won't get answered. Maybe things that will get answered. And as, of course, all your content it's it's been interesting mm-hmm. right like this hmm like i don't i'm i'm at a point where it's it's like i just want to see what goes down you know because i feel like it's gonna be what what i'm expecting is like some big like flip like some massive like because uh, i mean like because I think like from, yeah, I mean like I guess like there is that in like MGS One where like you play MGS One and like there are certain things that you know you see clearer the the second time I bet, and that's probably with like a lot of games honestly. But I think there's gonna be a big one in this game. I'm also interested to see like okay, I mean like do we fight both Arsenal Gear and Metal Gear Ray? Do we just fight Metal Gear Ray? I'm interested to know that. Like, like, what is going to be the big boss fight? Is it Solidus? You know, is it Solidus controlling like either one of the two? I'm interested to see like which one is. I kind of want it to be Metal Gear Ray, a little bit, kind of, you know. But I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. There's a lot of threads that I'm curious to see. Like. If this was going to be the last Metal Gear, I wonder how it all gets tied. Like, I wonder what gets tied up and what doesn't get um, addressed, right? Like, it seems like we, you know, still have to get a conclusion on, like, the whole Jack and Rose dynamic, you know, the whole um, Snake and Colonel dynamic, the whole Solidus thing, the arm thing, you know, like, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. And this that like it's it, it, it's kind of weird that it's ending next week. Like mm-hmm. it almost feels like there's too much to address, you know. So sure. so I'm so so I'm wondering how that's gonna all go. It it's either gonna be like the best section of Metal Gear I play, or I'm gonna be asking questions like why didn't they address this this and that? But you can watch my stream, of course, Wednesday. Metal Gear Wednesdays going on for the unforeseeable future until we finish the Metal Gear series. Um, YouTube.com says PlayStation Source. Uh, we're on the tail end of Ratchet and Clank, you know. Uh, by the time you guys are watching this, we should have already finished Into the Nexus. And I think I decided I was going to jump to Resistance, but we're going to go through Ratchet and Clank 2016 this week. You know, nice. we're 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 going to chug through that um, as like the last. Ratchet and Clank game to really end the uh, stream series. So we're going to do that. I have many videos that I am writing about. I think I have like three about Final Fantasy 7. So there's that. Um, PSVR 2 stuff, you know, all that great stuff. Save slot as well. Uh, Save slot, we're going to talk about if uh, PlayStation Plus is becoming 
a real competitor to Game Pass. You know, we're we're, we're definitely doing that. Mm-hmm. Twitter at PSOR's Vids, all that good stuff. So definitely check your boy out there. Very nice. Um, so for this week, I I had a great time playing this game this week. And uh, I, I played it earlier than I normally do, and I honestly considered maybe just making a new save and then just playing even more of it, because I just am having a fantastic time playing this game and experiencing all it has to offer, so I'm having a great time with it. Um, I, I have a feeling where it's going to end up in my um, my rankings moving forward, just because uh, I've only played it once before, and I'm... I'm giving it more time to breathe now because when I played it before, I think I said this many times in the show, but I played the entire series in like a week before five came out just so I was there. Um, and I'm appreciating a lot more of this game now, especially in hindsight, knowing where it goes. And I can't wait to talk about it next week. Um, and as far as everything else goes, mainly, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Kevin thinks of the ending um, and where we leave off. But do you guys think I hate it? Honestly, like, I think. Do you think there's a there's a reality where like I beat it and I just don't like it? I mean, hi. Yeah, go ahead, Omar. You go ahead, Christian. Okay. Uh, I I honestly going into this game, I thought the thing you would hate is Raiden. So oh, since you no. don't hate Raiden, okay. I don't think you'll hate okay, the cool. ending. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. But no, nah, that's nah. what I think about it. Um, as far as what's up with the show next week we will have the finale of Metal Gear Solid 2 covered uh for the long play club members I would say note your uh scorecard like we did before you know mm. uh total saves deaths kills all that stuff code name yeah for, take a picture or a screenshot or something yeah for the next chapter uh all of the next game we will have new code names um and yeah, I think we've kicked around probably doing another like interstitial between wrapping this game and starting the next game. Probably like doing a whole big in review portion of Metal Gear Solid Two. If we have any um, you know supplementary material we want to discuss too, we can go over it there. But um, that's probably the next two weeks for this podcast. Then we will start up the next game, which uh, again, looking forward to that too. I can't believe we're this close to Metal Gear Solid 3 already. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, it makes sense calendar-wise, but time just has no meaning these days. And yeah. I'm like, wow, we're about to play Metal Gear Solid 3. It's yeah, wild. February no. did not happen. No. Um, we're going to be on Death Stranding so soon here. I, I can't even believe it. <laughs> Hopefully with that with that uh, extended edition. Y'all right. have seen those, uh, mm-hmm. those rumors? Ooh, yeah. I'm excited. Give me that. Give me that. Whoa, Give hold me on, that. guys. What's Death up? Stranding... Newman Simulator confirmed. <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. The postman, right? Like, yeah, yep. seriously. I just, just put that together. Uh, and as far as all my stuff goes, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Chun2D2, you can follow me there. Uh, this show is available on youtube.com slash joyclicks if you want the video version. And it's also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because it is a longer podcast. And if you just want to listen, you can check it out on those services and any podcast service of your choice. If you can rate or review the show on that platform, it'd be greatly appreciated because it helps us out. And, uh, you know, if you if you enjoy uh, what you hear, five stars, just a quick tap. I will say, though, you are missing out on that video version for the, the odd <laughs> skit with, uh, you know, Otacon showing up there. Uh, <laughs> <Perry making a laughs> good, 
cameo. <laughs> um, so uh, that's how you can consume the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for following along. If you want to get involved further, patreon.com slash joyclicks, one $5 tiers, $5 tiers, producer credit like Chris Sockis and Aaron Easton. So thank you. And uh, until next week, um, Omar, because we lost the episode, I would love it if you just reiterated your fat man quote this week. Okay. All right. Um, it might not be as good as before, so please don't be disappointed in me, but I'm going to give it my best. Laugh and grow fat. <laughs>